Warning, it is the opinion of the Four Street Productions and the Working Perspectives podcast Weekend Poppin' that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You've been warned, so if you decide to listen, then don't complain like a fucker! <laughs> Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by the Prince of Party, the party man himself, the party boy, Pete McCormick. And our guest today is N-Dub's favorite son, J-Dub, Justin Richardson. Party boy Pete, how are we feeling, my man? I'm feeling pretty good, Matrick. How about yourself? You know, if I'm doing any better, they have to lock me up, pal. <laughs> all right. All right. So you can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Tuck at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and think you have the cojones, the chutzpah, the moxie to be on the show, then just email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspectives exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode. Okay, party boy, party boy Pete, party boy, the party man, the one that parties, party boy Pete McCormick. So today is a big day, right? Oh, what's going on? What's today? Today is the day. Is it 9-11? It is not. <laughs> uh, but today is the day we turn this show around because we have, I'll tell you what, there's some people that you run into and I think you and me have the same kind of thoughts about our guests today. There's some people that you just run into that, you know what, this guy fucking gets it and we're going to mm-hmm. be friends, you know? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I feel like our guest today, Justin Richardson, is that guy. So I'll tell you the day. Let's do this. I'm going to tell you when I first met him and then you tell me when you first met him. So the first day, the first time I ever met Justin Richardson, I think I was in like 10th grade, maybe, and he was in ninth grade or something, something around that. And we were hanging out at a friend of ours, friend of the show, listener of the show's house, uh, one John Deary, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And it was me. And like, I, you know, I had hung out with John and John is really good friends with Justin and Justin's brother. 
And they, you know, they would talk about Justin, but I never met him because we went to Catholic school at the time and Justin was in public school. And like, I kind of just never crossed paths with him. Right. Yeah. And then I keep hearing about this Justin guy, this Justin, he's fucking this Justin guy, you know? And I'm like, who's this Justin guy? What's the deal here? You know? And then one day we're hanging out and we're going to have a sleepover. And the way it was is Deary's house, his old house was the fucking best. He lived in a twin that was right next to this church and he had a huge parking lot so we could like ride our bikes and like play hockey and basketball and like all this stuff. stuff. Yeah. In the parking lot. And then also he had a garage, a two story garage that the first floor, it was like, you know, a workshop and they had like a Chevelle there. They had this old Chevelle that they were working on, which was beautiful, like cherry Chevelle with a black racing stripe. I remember that car was awesome. And then (laughs) upstairs, they had a gym with a wrestling mat, a full oh, wrestling, mat, like a wrestling mat really? and, pat- and padded walls. Yeah, dude. And we used to fucking like throw down up there. That was like yeah. for, for sleepovers. It was like the best sleepover spot because like you're just there, <laughs> like you're messing around wrestling all night and like throw one roll or some shit. And here you go. <laughs> we would have like music and stuff up there. And like we would like every once in a while we would sneak a TV up there and play video games and stuff. And like it was just awesome, you know, and like. Then like uh like also we would like his dad was like hey you bet you he would say to us is like if I see one blade of grass broken and no you fuckers left this house I'm beating all your asses and your dads are gonna let me <laughs> and we we're like yes Mr. Deary he was a pretty jack guy too from what I remember Matt. oh dude Mr. Deary I remember Mr. Deary had tendonitis in both elbows right and he was still pressing like two twenty five like it was nothing right <laughs> and I remember watching it like Jesus Christ like he was Mr. Deary's the fucking man. Always love Mr. Deary. Big fan. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. He's awesome. So either way, we're there. We're hanging out. And uh, sorry. Sorry, Mr. Deary. But Brian Deary, uh, John's older brother. Sorry to incriminate Uh you, Brian. (laughs) Was, dude, I'll tell you what. We talked. You know how, like, there's, like, neighborhood legends of, like, the baddest dudes ever? This guy is, like, top three baddest motherfuckers going. Yeah, I remember the stories. I remember. (laughs) Oh, dude. He's like a like he's a he's he's a badass dude, total badass, awesome, dude. but cool cool dude too. Yeah. So either way, he knew we were hanging out, and he was like, you know, he knew we were like the young heads, like the young kids, you know. And he was like, all right, I'll hook these guys up, and he bought us forties. Right? Oh shit! Yeah, and I was like, what were oh. they? What were they up, Matt? What were the forties of oldie? It was oldie. Oh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember like this was like one of the first like few times I had been drinking. Like I had drank before, you know, but like I remember like this is when we first started like. Well, for me, at least, this is when I first started to drink, like as a kid, like this is when I was like the time because my dad had split, so it was like the law had left with him. You know what I mean? So I was like, <laughs> it's time to fucking party. So either way, like we're there, we popped the trunk of the red uh, Chevelle that was in the garage and he had hidden the 40s for us in the trunk. It it was a summer night as well. So these weren't chilled 40s, (laughs) you know, but we were at the point where like, we do not give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're younger. You don't know any better. Like that's why, that's probably the reason why we thought beer sucked when we were younger is because we always got it warmer skunked. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And we weren't care. We like still, we were fucking pounding it, right? Like we were taking stuff that like I remember yeah. like we'd had like a barbecue at my house and like we were stealing like the leftover beers that were in a cooler that would been there for like a couple days. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, all right, let's run to the woods. And we drink like five of them, you know, and be like, oh, 
how do you and we'd be like oh god how do we get this down that's why god invented the uh the beer bong you know what i mean that way you could just get it done real quick oh yeah baby <laughs> i remember i remember my first beer bong i fucking love that thing <laughs> you know i forget its name but either way i think i just named it four street we were four street at the time not four street for life so i'm still four street how are you doing so either way um so Justin, what we we'd hung out then and really formed a bond that would be a lifelong friendship. I do want to say this as well. So we had drank all the 40s and we're like, you know, just having fun doing our thing. And uh, I remember John, John Deary, who's the guy's house that we were at. He had saved a cap from the 40. Right. And he we all signed it with our initials, you know. And I wonder, I would like this because I knew years later he would still have it, but I don't know if he still has it to this day because he has kids and a wife. and all Yeah. That. So then uh, I do want to say this. And I'm hoping Justin will elaborate on this just to know the greatness of this story. So, Pete, you remember in my house on Markle Street in Maniunk, right? Four, oh, hell four, yeah. Four Markle Good Street. times. Legendary house. A lot of shit went down in that house. It was a big time, fun party house like. At one time, I fell asleep on your floor, and I woke up, and 12 people were using me as a pillow. I remember that. I think you were dressed (laughs) as Santa Claus as well, weren't you? That's possible. Yeah, that was one of our... We used to have... Our big thing was our Christmas party. We used to do a Christmas rager every year. I mean, we did ragers all the time, but we would, like, shell out, like, we're going nuts. Like, this was like a three-keg party. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Either way, so we're hanging out and we're at my house one night and it was just like a regular week night and we're hanging out and we're playing video games. And it just so happens the game we were playing was Mario Kart Double Dash, right? Ah. So at this time, I'd already solidified myself as probably the world's greatest, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I had done feats that were incomprehensible to most humans, right? When you would watch me play, it was like, you know, Beethoven conducting a symphony. It was, you know, Mozart at its finest, really Pablo Picasso-esque, right? And it was just really, really just true art in motion. So there's this one time we're playing and, you know, when you are the top dog, when you're the Yankees, right? When you're the, the, the upper echelon, you know, the, everyone's gunning for you. You're everybody's Super Bowl. You know, you're That's everybody's true. World Series, right? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. You know, sometimes the spotlight can be the loneliest place in the world. And that's where I was, right? So I'm in first place pretty much the whole time when we're running this race, Mario Kart. And we get to the end of, we get to the last race, which is always Rainbow Road right oh. the road to rainbow road available now on uh youtube if you could check it out great <laughs> so either way um i'm riding down rainbow road doing my thing kicking a taking ends slapping necks snapping checks whatever you want to do and all of a sudden we're two laps in right and we're on the last lap and then it happens i get hit with one blue shell i recover still in first place get hit with another blue shell recover still in first place so for those people that don't know in mario kart the blue shell only hits the person in first place and it demolishes them right so i get hit again by the blue shell and then once again right and i'm still in first place still killing it right 
And then people are starting to catch up to me though. And it's starting to get tough. So eventually someone passed me and I was in second place after the fifth blue shell, right? Then I passed the person again. I'm now in first place again. And I'm hit by my sixth blue shell on rainbow Oof. road as we're about to finish. Luckily, I was able to get a box, get a red shell, hit the person that passed me and finish first and still win <laughs> after hitting hit by six blue shells on Rainbow Road on the last lap. And it was just, you know, it's really people that witnessed it. It's something you tell your grandparents about. It's really, really oh, a yeah. feat that I mean, it's never been it's never been duplicated and it never will be. It's it's unbelievable. So so yeah so that's just you know just another story why i am the best and uh, i will remain the best and always will be the best at mario kart double dash uh so party boy pete i already shared my story of when i met j-dub do you remember your story of when you met j-dub so instead of my story when i met j-dub i actually there's a story that i was like telling uh because uh <laughs> i hadn't seen j-dub in, in, in a while and i was uh yeah. i was dating a girl and uh, I was trying to act like I was, you know, very mature and, and past sure. my drinking. It's not, I was never a fighter, you know that. One yeah. of the few times I got into a scuffle, Jade up happened to witness it. So I don't know why the top coming in, but I, you know, you can mention like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm mature now. I'm not really into fighting or anything. Yeah. And then I walk into the house, and you're there with Justin, and he goes, Pete, the last time I saw you, you picked up so and so and slammed him on the concrete. It was the baddest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, well. Thanks. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, we didn't make it, so it, it's all good. But it was just like I was like, like oh, just, yeah, that was the best yeah. spot blob I've ever witnessed. Yeah. <laughs> it was <to> me. <laughs> oh my god! I think I yeah, dude. Uh, well, I was there that night as well, and well, yeah, yeah. I, I dude, I'll tell you, it is. It was terrifying to watch because, like you said, you're the nicest guy. You know, you don't like. Hey, you're you you. You're blessing and the curse being a big guy because you're yeah. yeah, you're an intimidating presence, but you're also a target, right? So like you like I you never instigate a fight, you never start them, but yeah, you'll finish one and I've seen it and it was terrifying to behold. So yeah, so well, without further ado, I'm really happy that uh Justin has been listening to the show and that he's a fan of the show and that he agreed to be on the show, and I couldn't be more happy. Uh, when he agreed to be on and also he stepped in a couple times to help to guest host when needed and uh more than happy to have him on really happy he's here and i'd just like to ask before we get started uh justin have you seen the movie bohemian rhapsody and if yes uh, what do you think of that piece of shit movie i have seen it and i i don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> like think? i saw it it, it was our i don't know i i didn't passionately hate it i can tell you that much you had a nice uh, friday evening eating popcorn you know yeah, what was it like <laughs> an hour and 45 minutes was it two yeah. hours yeah. i don't know i mean remy Ma's got big teeth i really like mr robot and he's the new yeah. bond villain i'm hyped to see that yeah. Um, I like Queen, and the, I don't think about the movie at all. <laughs> oh, so you're just really nonplussed. You don't have an opinion altogether. Really? Yeah, like I think about that movie as often as I think about the movie. Um, because like that Rocket Man, and there was another like, like there was all these like old uh, rock movies that came on the same year, yeah. and they all blended together. I think yeah. about Bohemian Rhapsody as often as I think about Demolition Man. Oh, I love Demolition Man. Yeah, I do love I mean, Demolition it Man. It exists, but I don't think about it that much. But you know what? I also love Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> if you liked Bohemian Rhapsody, you probably loved Demolition Man. 
I love Demolition Man. Uh, both Demolition Mans, but the St- Stallone <laughs> one. Obviously, Wait, there's a second one. I didn't even know there was a sequel to Demolition. They, they remade one. it with Carl Urban. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> when? Uh, it be like five, wait, are you think, wait, wait, are you thinking of Demolition Man or Judge Dredd? Oh shit, I'm thinking of Judge. Yeah, Dredd you're thinking of Judge. Uh, you know, I think they're the same movie to me. Like they just <laughs> went all that. For the record, Judge Dredd, first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters. No shit. Uh, uh. Illegally, by the way, because I was not 17 by then. Yeah. yeah oh, man. Um, to wrap up those beginning stories, so I witnessed Kid Salami take six blue shells in the final lap of Rainbow Road, and when you got up, you looked at me and you screamed. Tell your grandmother about that. And then you ripped your control <laughs> out of the wall and stapled it to the wall. <laughs> like as if you were never going to use it again. And I, I saw my grandmother like know, seven times a year. And I happened to see her like two weekends later. And we're standing in her living room. I was like, just so you know, Kid Salami took his blue shells in the final rep. And Brad looked at me and he was like, why'd you, what? And I was just like, I had to, I promised somebody out. Yeah, pro- <laughs> and to this day, you are Kid Salami in my phone, by the way. Like, you used to so. be Matt Lavelle spelled incorrectly. And now you're just Kid Salami. Hey, I, I mean, you know, that's one of my, uh, my many uh, nemesis is, or no, what, how would you say? Uh, the aliases? Aliases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my many aliases. I'm my own nemesis. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I was just outside of a shitty bar in North Wales. And I saw Pete pick up somebody higher than I've ever seen anyone else pick someone up before in person. Dude, and I remember. I him in the ground oh. and then looked so he looked so sorry that he made him do that to him. That yeah. I was like, that's the most intimidating thing I have ever witnessed with my own eyes. Is not only a man who could dominate another man in such a way, but then be passionately sorry about it. Uh. I didn't want to do that to you. It you took- did that to yeah. you. It took. I think I was uh, sorry because because uh, Liam and Matt stopped me from finishing the job. Dude, <laughs> it took, well, no, you. it was me. Yeah. It was me, Liam, and there was I think there was a third person because we couldn't get you often. Because it, it was lonely. I don't know around dude, that time it, period. Yeah, it was like because you were you were fucking hot, man. You were. I thought you were gonna fucking kill. I thought I. I was I just saw. I just saw like passionate slow mo. <laughs> like, oh my god i mean he's so powerful yeah it was it's it's yeah it was scary yeah it's it's uh, to be it, young again it's like you ever see a polar bear you know like it was, now, yeah, uh, it like puts things I, in perspective because i'm like i'm like i'm a big dude i can fuck people up and i like just i was like oh p could murder three of me at once yeah 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 and uh but but justin time catches up to us a couple weekends ago i was throwing my nieces around in, in the <laughs> pool and now my back is like still fucked up from it uh, they weigh like 20 pounds each <laughs> dude is it not like i throw my daughter in the air like i'll try and throw her as like high as i can like six feet out of my hands and i'm like that, that's not fast and she's like going nuts loving it and my wife is like and it is like in my mind i'm like oh god if i drop her uh. <laughs> But the worst part is like, yeah, I'll drop her and she'll get hurt. That would suck. But also, I'd have to hear my fucking wife fucking kiss. <laughs> I've hurt uh, numerous children. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose or accidentally? Just, no, they were just like in your rough, yo. They would just, yeah. they want to wrestle. Yeah. You you go and come for it, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually Justin my, at McDonald's. He races them up and goes down on the tray. Runs into the four kids on the way down. Uh, yeah, you you don't want to see me in a moon bounce, yo. I dominate. Yeah. Did you guys do that when you were? Did what? you ever learn that trick like, at McDonald's what? at their playgrounds? You would take the tray to go down the slide. You would go like super fast. Oh uh, no, I didn't know that. Dude, what, you can only do it a couple of times before you got kicked out for breaking the trays. Dude, yeah, so like, you would sit on the tray in the slide yeah. and go, dude. I bet you were flying. Oh yeah, smart. 
Damn, that is you're a like the potato sack at the fair. Get you booking. Exactly. That was what we were thinking of. We're like, oh, well, you know what? Like this probably works even better. Them things are so <laughs> dirty, yo. Oh my god. Oh yeah. The fair itself is like oof. We used to we had uh we on the show last week, or yeah, I think it was last week we had Diana on the show. And she had talked about how at Grams once a year there's a, a festival, like a carnival yeah. that visits a near a nearby church. I know exactly where it is, yeah. Yeah. And the carnies that work the festival come into Grams on their pay night. I think it's Wednesday. And it's <laughs> dude, it's like tough, bro. It's the gathering of the juggalos. Bro, <laughs> dude, the one year they had bed bugs and like <laughs> there's a lot la- there's a laundry mat next door and people were like freaking the fuck out, you know. And I'm just like, oh, I'd be God. so upset if gypsies gave me bed bugs. They yeah, are, I would not be happy about are, that either. They you are know, those gypsy bed bugs are so strong. Yeah, they are a bunch. They were They're like I normally mean, you gotta cook them up to 112. These gypsy bed bugs, 140, 150. <laughs> I would. I mean, I'm not gonna talk shit on gypsies just because I don't want to be. Crazy. Every morning your wallet's empty. Yeah. No, that's wild. I mean, <laughs> remember you. <laughs> My wife is European. She's not Eastern European. All right. <laughs> um. But uh. So <laughs> you just gotta make sure she's not bottling your tears. Well, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They'll do that. Yeah. Uh, there is some weird, like I guess not weird, but like quirky superstitions that happen. So this is how it works is that there's like some quirky superstitions that she'll be like, oh, you can't do this. And I'm like, oh, all right, geez. But then at some point I'm like, you're just fucking making that up because you don't want me to do this. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. there, but there's some like, like, like oh, if, you can't leave sinks, uh, dishes in the sink overnight, or it's a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't leave the trash that high, or it's a curse. No, but they don't run the di- yeah. Yeah, there's one where it's like you can't uh if you uh if you change seats if you hit me i'll call the police (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) in my culture we call police when you hit me yeah they uh there's one where don't you can't change yeah yeah please the police are the ones doing it no i'm kidding but uh (laughs) but uh if you change like seats at a dinner table after you started eating apparently that's like bad luck and if you have like multiple multiple forks in your dish that you're using, that means you want multiple wives, right? And if you have <laughs> one sock on while in bed, that means you want your uh, significant other to die. All of these things are crazy things. If you have, if my girlfriend got in bed with one sock on, I'd be like, "What? What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what, who does go to bed with one sock on? Like, true, you true. can wear socks to bed, but two socks. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. once the one foot feels free, doesn't the other one want to be released? Like I mean, sometimes I get a little hot and cold, and I'll have one leg out, one leg in. But oh, yeah, I'll time. have both socks on. Yeah, you're not a you're not a not you're an not animal. a heathen. You're not a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Why do you have two forks in your plate? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, what do you like eat? Two forks. I don't know. Yeah, why would like, you change like... your seat after you started eating? I mean, they all Just make the sense. The there is some of them that make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what's going on in your culture where people where this like became a habitual problem where they had to put it's it in their religion, like thou shalt not switch often. seats. I mean, it's more of a superstition <laughs> than a religion, but yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there where she's at in Albania, it's strange because there half of the population is like Greek Orthodox Christian, right, and then the other half is Turkish Ottoman Empire Muslim, right. So it's just because like they were they've been they were conquered by the the Turks uh, and the Muslims like during the Ottoman Empire. Right. 
And then they were also conquered or they were conquered by the Italians in World War II. And then the Nazis like invaded and stayed, but they fought them out. They fought out the Muslims as well. Albania is a fascinating country. I've Did been the communists get them to it now? Yeah. Actually, well, actually, no. they yeah. went. Were, were they, they under Tito? Were they part of or? They were they they were communism. After World War II, they chose communism. But was it always Albania or were they part of like you go were they one of those countries that broke up? They were by themselves. It was always right. Albania. Axel Bronson like, and uh Big Body Bez are from uh Albania. So is John Belushi ah. and Mother Teresa. Oh shit. Ah. Yeah, so they got so they got some uh Albania's cool. Eastern Europe is a like there's some well wild they're considered the, the Balkans, so Get yeah, but that's Eastern Europe, right? The Balkans aren't. Is it? Uh, the, I mean, there because it was Gre- the powder is, keg of Europe. And, is Greece considered? Would you consider Greece Eastern Europe? Yes, then, I would. Then they are because they're right above maybe, Greece. Yeah. Oh my shit. Yeah, they're co- they're. I mean, dude, I'll tell you honestly, and I've said this a million times, and for all like like the Mark Cubans that listen to the show, he's a big fan of the show. Listener of the show, <laughs> thank you. And like any other like investor that has a lot of money. If you put an all-inclusive in Albania, that's the next French Riviera. Just because where it's located, the cost of living there, how they like they love Americans. They have all-inclusives, Matt. They they're they they're in the process of building one now. And as soon as they do, dude, it is the spot. The food's great. The people are awesome. The the tourist like the tourism you can do there. Like you can take a ferry and be in Venice or Rome in like an hour while crossing the Adriatic Sea, which you can see completely to the bottom that isn't polluted. You can swim, like the water is not polluted or anything like that. They're, and like, dude, they have more castles and history than you know what to do with. It's like rich, mountainous, beautiful country. Like one day we were there, right? And we got on this, we went to like this place, right? It was like 20 minutes away, got on a ski lift, went to the top of a mountain, right? This is in the middle, this is like in the fall. So it's 80 and sunny every day right? Because they have perfect weather every day. It never rains. It never snows. So you go to the top of, we went to the top of the mountain. We went to a resort. We had lunch overlooking the valley that held their capital city, right? And we just went back down and that was like an hour and a half. And you can do that whenever, you know? Like, sounds, this place sounds awesome. Is this a podcast? Or are you going to try and sell me a timeshare in Albania? Yeah, really? Because <laughs> I, mean, I will buy one. Yo, it sounds dude. dope it's dude it's it's uh yeah if honestly if i if i i mean i wouldn't mind living there tell you the truth it's so awesome dude, plus do like would, yeah. plus do the dollar goes a long way if you know what i mean so <laughs> it's not a yeah. but yeah dude and like the way like if you ever get i'll say this to fucking cows come home if you ever get invited to an albanian wedding it's the big like i've been to some big fucking parties and had some big parties it is the biggest party i've ever been to it if you can buy me a place that has good weather and no natural disasters i will live there yeah also like oh yeah like dude like no like it's there's no crime like don't get it wrong there is some crime but it's very organized like so okay so think of it like <laughs> that's how i love my they're very efficient they are <laughs> well, well, dude, has rules you know dude, well, think, of, think about it like this right like so they were a communist country until like the mid 90s right? right then right. they had a government collapse because they fell for a ponzi scheme so now the company like the country is rebuilding itself their main focus is tourism because right. they have like all these beautiful things that they're like the, the prime minister's like look hey it's free fucking money the shit's here anyways let's let's fucking church it up so like they're really like building up the cities and like the tourist areas and like it's fu- it's fucking incredible. And then like you do like you walk around it's all, like there's no crime like there's at no point was I not safe but there is this right. 
So if you look at Europe, Europe is like they they well they they patrol it pretty well. It's tough to get like things in there, right? Like you need to know like there are some places in Portugal and Spain and like what some parts of Italy. Europe? Well, like illegal like drugs and stuff. Oh. Right? <laughs> yeah, so it's tough to get like drugs and stuff into Europe. But for a while, it wasn't tough if you went through Albania. So Albania was known like there was some there's a drug town and like some drug lords that were known as like the kingpins of the Balkans right, that I'm were like sold. there were some of like more. the biggest drug dealers and like drug manufacturers and drug distributors in the world right in the, in Europe and possibly the world but also another thing is the reason that is so like obviously the taken movies are big war dogs like there's a ton of movies where like the villains are eastern europeans right or portrayed like and albanians especially and the reason is is because they were they chose communism after world war ii right so they really got a bad rap oh i don't know if they chose it well they they went communist. yeah they well they were they were they yeah they were straddled with communism after world war ii and it was like you know they just got a bad rap it really but like dude my uh my wife and like my my in-laws and stuff have told me stories of like they were there during the collapse and like people were just had fucking guns and like you're walking around with guns like you knew like don't go to this area because you get killed like people were like you know like people still had the work and stuff but like you're just like you know walking around with an ak the police were kind of non-existent but eventually they would clean all that up and stuff but even but they said that wasn't even as dangerous as before because before the way the communist era was is that if you like say if you had a neighbor you didn't like you could go to the authorities and say that this person's spreading propaganda against the government the next day the family's gone it's like North Korea. yeah Did yeah you, really well i mean like that you know like also imagine this right they had so they had one channel right one that's channel. how russia was one channel yeah. so yeah. you have you have a tv that has one channel that yep. played from 8 a.m till 10 p.m and then it cut off right so if you were on tv ever you were a fucking megastar right yeah. because the whole country's watching so my father-in-law was on TV annually, like like a couple times a year, because he was the number one dancer in Albania. Hell Dude, yeah. It, yeah, it was so, it's pretty, like when we go back there, like he's a big deal. Like I've been down, like I walk, like I walk around with him because me and him are like boys, you know, like we'll go out yeah. to like, he like like we're walking around, like there's people coming up to him on the streets and stuff and like being like, oh, you know, like, like be, and he's like the coolest dude, you know what I mean? And then like, he took me out one night with him and his boys, bro. They fucking party down, man. Oh, yeah. It was like, like also like him on his buddies were former dancers in the troop. Right. So like dancing in Albanian culture is almost like a form of combat to them because the way it was back in the day is that like, if a, one girl got married to a guy from another village at the wedding, they're like fucking who's got the better, what, right. Who, like, who's got the better food. Who's yeah. got the better show off. Who's got right so then when it came to dancing it's like who's gonna show like who's gonna be better and they would they throw the fuck down bro like dude these guys they're old like they're in their almost like 70s like late 60s and they're like they would like hold like one person holds one guy's hand he stands there does a flip the other one does a flip then they do flips like back and forth standing there holding a hand like they're doing like this flip they're dancing like like they do like this dance where they play the rhythm and it goes like faster and their feet are like yeah like oh it's like <laughs> it's fucking awesome to watch and like 
their old men tearing it the fuck down. It was Sounds hype. Yeah. I mean, and then they they, you know, I was like the uh the I was like the uh the laugh break because they were like getting into it, like doing their thing and like they're having fun and everything. But then there's like a song. I, there's only like two songs I know the words to in Albanian, but one of them is called Kukatsitirona, right? And it's like it's like if say if like Philadelphia had a song, right? That was like, this is the song. If you're from Philadelphia, this is like your song. Yeah. It's almost like the Rocky music would be. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. up there, like, this is like our fucking jam. In you know, West like, Philadelphia, born and well, like, do you remember, remember how Meek Mill's song went at during the, when we made oh, the yeah, Super Bowl yeah. run in yeah. 17? That was like the Philadelphia song, you know? So it was kind of like that, right? But it means like, I'm from Tirana, and Tirana is the capital of Albania, and it's also their biggest city right so if like you're from there you're like yeah i'm fucking it's like i'm a new yorker almost right so like they're playing that song and i know the words so i'm in like the middle of all these people and we're all singing this song like going nuts it's pretty pretty incredible i'll say you know but yeah <laughs> awesome. so yeah so enough about albania so on just- the next episode of uh, albanian americans <laughs> all right so justin here i want to get into his story so uh justin here like we said before He's the pride of North Wales, a.k.a. N-Dub. He was born and raised in the Dirty Dub, a.k.a. N-Dub, a.k.a. North Wales, a.k.a. North Kakalaki, a.k.a. Clacktown, a.k.a. Schwappy Town, a.k.a. Schwapp Game Home of. So Justin here went to public school K through 12. Uh, he went to Montco for one semester and knew that he was too smart for that place. Uh, and he played some soccer growing up, a little footy footy football, some baseball, a little track. Uh, but I want to get into it. So I want to talk about this. So we've had a couple end up guys on the show. You would have been the fourth end up guest that we've had thus far. We've had uh, badass Brandon Hill, Schwap Game, Steve yeah. Cabot, Sean fucking day. And then now Justin J-Dub Richardson. Oh, you'd be the fifth because we also had Thomas Young, Tommy, uh, the dreamboat, Tommy Romeo. Yeah. See, Tommy was my <laughs> age. All the other kids you listed off were all very intimidating. <laughs> yeah they were the old heads right dude yeah. I, dude old heads were like especially if it's like one or two years dude like, like there's like out of the three you just listed like in when i was a kid like i think i was most afraid like hill lived across the street from my best friend and they always played football in his side yard and as long as you were on brandon's team like he was fine. the man yeah yeah he yeah, didn't yeah. want to play against him ever so he's a he's that. a tough um, motherfucker i'll say we've, t- we've told a couple yeah. stories about brandon being a tough motherfucker go ahead they beat me up a couple times and like it was whatever <laughs> like it was mostly my fault like i was a mouthy kid and he was he, just looking for anybody to test are him. you the one that called him sean gay no, oh, I, I you hit a Capri Sun stroll into the back of his head, and he just turned around and he's like, "I'm gonna fuck you up." And I told my neighbor about it, and he was a crossing guard, and he was like, "I'll walk you to school." I was like, "I don't need that. Like, don't do that." I just Sean. I was just Sean sharing. may have killed the the crossing guard as well. The second, the crossing guard walked away. They like planted a football into my stomach and just picked me up and put me in a bush. Oh boy. <laughs> Dude, Sean Day is he was a, he is a he well he since apologized for that Justin so trust me that man he made me a better person yeah Sean Day is a he's a tough son of a bitch I will say that um, nice so let's do this uh, okay so you went like you said you grew up and end up with those tough sons of bitches you went to an elementary school now on the Sean Day episode he had talked about a teacher Mr. Price. And Mr. Price was like, a th- I, I forget what age he said, but it was like maybe like third or fourth grade, something like that. 
And he had said that Mr. Price actually was like, uh, he was a, he was a male teacher that he had that was influential in a way because he told him like to join the wrestling team. And like, like he would hang out with them after school. Cause like all their dads work. So he was like a male figure that was, you know, an authority figure, but wasn't oppressive or anything like that. And he was like, you know, there to help the kids and he did a good job and they all really liked him. Right. So did you growing up in same America, I know we talked, you didn't know Mr. Price, but did no, you have a, a male, like, did you have a male teacher during elementary school? Yeah. I had Mr. Armstrong in fifth grade and he was the man. Yeah. And we had our, our gym teacher, Mr. Matt Singer, who was uh, the, the best gym. Te- I the, had, best, I, the, the like stereotypical gym teacher you could imagine, but like the best, two, yeah. the best. Yeah. I, I had him. My in, hero my, yeah. He went, I was like 14. Yeah. He eventually would transfer to the middle school that I went to. He was and the man, yeah. He, this is the funniest fucking story. So, uh, so like in gym class, you know how you had to run the mile, right? Yeah. When you were, oh, yeah. I think it was ninth grade, you had to run the mile. So there was this one kid in school that he would wear like those, like, like the Jesus sandals that were like, you would strap them over. Dude, I was like, I remember seeing him be like, God, man, come on, bro. Like, why are you wearing those? You know, like he was wearing those kind of sandals and he wore them on gym day when we had to run the mile, right? So he's running the mile in like these, these sandals and he's like, clop, clop, clop. And he's like, do I really have to run in these? Like, come on, clop, clop. And Mr. Massinger goes, <laughs> Mr. Massinger looks at him and he just goes, Move it along, Moses. <laughs> I fucking lost it. I fucking the... lost it. I was, I was so funny. That was so, so he, funny. He loved lighting children up with tennis with uh the red dodgeball. dodgeball. Play dodgeball every gym class. And yeah. he anytime I would get out, because he he would there's certain kids he knew he could like light up. Like we'd have I'd have the marks and like the welts. Like you could see the the <laughs> fill-up nozzle like on my skin. Yeah. How hard he would light us up with these things. And if I was out before he got to like light me up, he'd be like, who shot JR? <laughs> I, I didn't get the reference till I was like five years later. But anytime he'd see me sitting on the wall, I'd be like, who shot JR? <laughs> that is the best because you're yeah i bet he loved hitting you because you're a big mouth little kid right yeah. you're talking yeah i was lanky i was hard to get out yo so yeah north yeah north wales is purebred i don't know if anybody's talked about this in the podcast yes we are purebred dodgeball players really? one point in time when we were uh i was like 18 we go down to lagoon randomly i'm supposed to go to work tommy romeo pulls up side of my house and goes yo there's a dodgeball tournament get in the car and i'm like where are you i gotta go to giant <laughs> i have work in five minutes He's like, nah, get in the car. We're going to play dodgeball. I get in the car. We go down to the lagoon. It's for a charity. What is the lagoon? The lagoon down in Philadelphia. Uh, On the deck they have back there, they had a dodgeball tournament that day. Okay. Uh, 64 teams, two of them, well, three technically, being of full North Wales teams. Uh, Like the North Wales kids I hung out with made of two teams of eight. And then this like, like other side of North Wales kids were there too. The finals and the 64-team end up being the North Wales Warriors versus the North Wales Wildcats. <laughs> we, demo- we ate these people alive. The family who the charity was for cheated in one of our matches. Like, one of the guys got pegged and, like, wouldn't go out. And we, like, made a fuss about it. We're like, we don't even win anything. Like, you're cheating. Like, we're yeah, just, just cheating for the sake of cheating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was wild. But, like, on the, we were all just sitting there. I was like, what are the odds of that? 
Man, and like, was, and was, who was all of, was who was all there? It was all, like, like Steubens and, yeah, and Romeo. Steubens was there. Romeo was there. Like a bunch of uh, like the type of kids that literally rolled. Like I was supposed to go to work. I didn't go to work for that. Like <laughs> they all just rolled out of bed and just dominated old men and and dodgeball. Like they, I don't know who heard about this. Was this back this, to like when the movie had just come out, Dodgeball? So like there was the dodgeball craze going on, or is this pre that movie? It was for a it was for a charity event for a kid who had cancer. And that's, I guess, somebody heard it on the radio and was like, "We're going to this thing." And and they signed us, you guys up, and, and a did. bunch of us just showed up, and you paid at the door, and and you put your team on the bracket, and we just we just dominated. Really? Did <laughs> who head, ended? So head did shot, you guys win or did you lose? Uh, we we my team won the tournament. We the Wildcats beat the Warriors. Yeah. And, uh, so headshots were illegal. So if you got hit in the head, you weren't out, but you still got. I'm hit surprised you guys didn't get DQ'd. No, so it wasn't a DQ either. Just they wouldn't count. Oh, that. yeah. So, right. like, the teams that weren't great, because, like, I, like, um, I mean, you remember playing football, and then, like, the, I don't know if I can mention, the Tron Bowers on there, like, like Bo, like, can throw 90 miles an hour. Yeah. He's a pitcher. Like, yeah. we're gunning these things at these kids. And they're yeah. Just, John, John Trumbauer had a good arm, too. A cannon, yo. Yeah. He, like, this one kid I remember being, like, he was, like, the last one in. And, like, if you got hit in the head, you weren't out. But, like, he got hit in the head, like, six times at the end of the match, yo. And he just, like, dropped the ball and walked off the court. <laughs> yeah. Like, just couldn't take the punishment. Like, nobody was hitting him in the body. Just headshot, headshot. Jesus. He, like, nice. cracks up a no ball. He's like, just go for the body, please. Yeah. Just a, That's what Mr. Madsinger just bred a bunch of dodgeball animals good dodgeball was the best game going i remember we would play at the boys and girls club like we'd have like it was like the full basketball court right yeah. and it was like both sides of it are packed so eventually like the, the whole like all the uh, wall like around the gym like by the time you get to the end we're like lined with people yeah everybody's you know? sitting there watching yeah dude great stuff awesome so okay so yeah that's what happened like i went to catholic school didn't have any male teachers so you know uh, Come on, Catholic school. Fucking yeah, get no. some men in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but it's good. Like, young men need a positive male influence. And young women need it, too, you know? So, I bet, too, back in the day, I bet, like, especially, like, the young teachers, they just fucking had the pick of the litter of all the good-looking teachers at the school, right? And the lunch ladies, <laughs> you know? Must have been the best. Now, it's like, forget it. So, okay, let's keep it moving. So, you were a kid. You played soccer, and you played football, basketball, and track. So talk about soccer. You played that for a little bit. How'd you like soccer? I like soccer. Soccer's fun. It's a yeah. good sport to get your like footwork together yeah. and stuff. I played it for a while just because yeah. like, I don't know. That's actually how me, that's how my mom and my stepdad ended up meeting each other. And me and my oh, stepbrother really? played against each other. And my stepdad like gave my mom her phone number or his phone number. Oh, shit. Yeah. What? Without soccer. <laughs> what? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, it looks um, like someone won that match. Heyo, heyo. Yeah, like some of the worst concussions I got from, were from soccer, like trying to head the ball, heading other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I scored nice. three goals against the U15 team when I was in U13. Oh, shit. Under the first game we ever played under the lights, I scored three goals. Oh, the dude. Wasn't there anything? I remember soccer under the lights and baseball under the lights. I remember, like, as a younger kid, like, in the Little League and, like, the younger youth programs, I was like, God, I can't wait that we can play under the lights, you know? And it's then eventually you play under the lights and you're like, this is the fucking best, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing better than playing under the lights. You're like, this is incredible. Why have we been doing this the whole time? Yeah. yeah loved under the lights so then 
Okay, so let's keep it moving. Uh, so you did some soccer and then some footy, footy football, right? Yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's, uh, you played, so you started when you were like 10 and then you played till you were in high school. So how'd you like footy, footy football? What position did you play? How'd you do? So I, I was a little heavy when I was a kid. So like fifth grade, I play, uh, I, like all my friends are in 90, but I'm in 105. And I'm right. like, I know that feeling same so, we, we all do guys we all we do. went down the shore so i missed the first week this is the first time i've ever played tackle football i missed ooh, the first week ooh, so there's no ooh. hitting the first week yeah second week you show up put pads on you start hitting drills yeah. i show up that day um romeo's older brother's on the team and he ooh, knows me oh boy and i've never this is like i'm just enjoying like putting on shoulder pads for the first time putting you're like yeah all right whoa, 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 i yeah. feel cool yeah, I see myself in line. We're doing one person has the ball, one person doesn't. Yeah, meet each other in between the pylons. Yeah, yeah. The old going, Oklahoma, you know? Oklahoma draw, I believe it's called, right? <laughs> so cool. Or something along it. those lines. I like figure out who I'm up against. I'm like, all right, I could, I could see that, but I could do this. I'm watching how it goes down. <laughs> I see uh, Tom's brother make eye contact with me, and then move himself in line. <laughs> <laughs> So, but now he goes against me. He's done like, the math himself, and he's like, wait a minute. Oh, he's, he's like, like oh, he's like, this. I know what I'm doing. Watch this. I've seen you. Watch this. So I he he uh I have the I have the ball, he's gonna tackle me. Oh, I give boy. him my best, you know. Like I have older brothers. Sure. I, no, I don't yeah. have older brothers at this point. I'm I am the oldest of my family at this point. I don't have older brothers yet. Right. You roll like, the roast. Yeah, I've been you in like maybe one fight and it went terribly. Right. But he hit my little brother. Sure. His hands were very fast. So I go into the pile as hard as I can. He picks me up, slams me, knocks the wind out of me. I like, you know, cry a little bit. Of course. Um, Getting the wind knocked out of you as a kid fucking sucked. Let's all talk. Prodling's dad is like, you all right? Like, (laughs) I get back in line. I like pull my composure back together. I'm like, all right, I got this. The, The lines aren't even, you know, so I'm going again. And I watched Romeo again. Look at himself in line and line himself up with me. And I get up to the front and like uh the other coach was Coach Blue. He looks at me, he goes, You know, you don't have to do this, right? And I was like, I'll do it. Like it's fine. Like, no, I, this I time. have to. Yeah, like I'll do it. Like it's even the coaches knew so, that Romeo they, was uh, they, yeah, he they knew, knew. He, he, he saw what he just this is my first day of practice. I just came on, he's like, Oh, you're the kid who couldn't be here the first week, which like I didn't know was a no-no. I just yeah. we were going to the shore. Like yeah. it's the first time I've ever played. I've never had shoulder pads on. Yeah. And uh he's like, You don't have to do this, right? And I'm like, I, I kind of have to. I'll see yeah. him again shortly. Yeah. <laughs> he has the ball. I run at him, he picks me up and slants me to the ground. <laughs> while holding the ball yep and like trots all all husky looking like robocop yeah has he always been just the jack dude so wait you had you had zach even in fifth grade he had the uh he had the bench press in his bedroom (laughs) oh really oh yeah he was a monster he was never not a monster so so wait you had zach and jay romeo on the same football team oh yeah oh my god dude so we've talked about him before and pete actually credited mr freiling for helping him like you know like stay with wrestling and you know he he thought he and still the, the love of the sport in me yeah, hey, yeah i can still hear his rings hitting against my helmet <laughs> yeah he was no he was a really good dude and uh and uh but dude his son zach was a stud at every sport so you had both of them on the same team so you guys yeah. must have been pretty freaking tough yeah we were a good team 
Yeah. And I've like didn't I for the first like until I started playing Madden, had like no idea what was going on. I like remember playing Madden the first time and like being like, oh, this is what my position is supposed to do. I was like, yeah, oh. yeah. I thought I was the quarterback. I was like, I just running after the guy with the ball. I'm like, you are you supposed to drop? That's what they mean when they drop back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who was the quarterback no on your guys' team? Uh, it was one of the Mengles. I want to say oh, Daryl. Yeah. Might have been Daryl. I don't think it was Drew because Drew was younger than me. Yeah, no, it was definitely Daryl. If it yeah. was or it's yeah. Shout yeah, out, fan of the show, listener of the show, Daryl Mangle, big fan. Nice, awesome, man. So cool. All yeah, right, so fun shit. What position did you play? Uh, back then, I think I played like tight end, D end. Nice. I think they probably put me on offensive line at first. Yeah. Oh, we all we all played the line, brother. Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> They're all in the trenches. So nice. Okay. So and then you played up till you were 17. Why did you why did I you played quit? up till 11th grade? And then the year I stopped playing, they won the state championship. <laughs> uh, that's how it goes, bro. But like North Penn took it so serious, yo. Yeah. And by oh, yeah. then I was like, yo, weed is tight, yo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I'll be doing just fine. I'll waking up at six and getting yelled at by that big head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, it's, it is one of those things where it's like, there are some guys like, yeah, you got to take it serious because you're, ba- yeah, like, you're I wasn't banking going your to future college. on. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to put like middle school football was so much fun. And then like the North Penn, they just took it so serious. You couldn't play any other sports yeah. if you played football for North Penn. Didn't they give just, you that ultimatum, Pete? Uh, not really. No, but you just kind of like know it. You know what I mean? Like when you're like, you get bumped back because you're going to like a wrestling camp or you're going like, I mean, like I, I understand like at the end of the day, there are other kids there that are taking it more seriously than I am. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, like you have other sports, you have other commitments. You can't do the time that they want. So yeah, it's a business decision. <laughs> well, was, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So nice. Okay. So you left football and then you did some basketball from nine to 13 and you did a little track. How we, uh, how'd you like track? Track was fun. I like track. I ran the 800. I did the high jump. Um, 800 is two laps, if you don't know. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, high jump. But see, like, there was one kid, my best friend growing up, he was better than me at every event. So then when he would go to, like, the pen relays, Who I was with Danny, J- uh, Danny Jakes. Okay. Ah, yeah. I don't know. He would beat me, not Victor Jakes' little brother. I don't know either. Victor? No. Um, yeah, he would beat me in the high jump. He'd beat me in the 800. And then he'd go to like because they would read off the announcements like who got first, second, and yeah. third yeah. of the track events. And yeah. then Danny would go to like pen relays, and then I would win all those events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do shot because track and field too was cool because you just show up and you tell them what events you want to do. Like yeah. you yeah. train throughout the week, and you're like, I want to do shot put, high jump, triple yeah. jump, and I'm gonna run the 800. Yeah, like, nice. all right, yeah. cool. Shot put was fun. I, love I don't think put. I ever won the shot put. I, tried, I. I always would get disqualified too. It was tough. I like shot put though. I, dude, I wish though, like, I know you really can't do it with kids, but even in high school, they didn't really have it. Like javelin and hammer throw. I would fucking yeah, javelin would have been cool. I would have I loved... tried high jump if they had it. Dude, or did not you high not jump, see? Uh, pole did you did you pole oh, pole vault too? Uh, I would have tried. They didn't it. have any of that. Nah, you know, dude, what about hammer throw? Have you not seen hammer throw it's in the insane. Olympics? It is hey, it's beastly. It's I get so dizzy cool. now. I used to, when I was a kid, I could ride the Gravitron. I could ride the Gravitron for 45 minutes straight and be yeah. fine. Were you the kid that would hang from the railing? I could, or I could stand. Go yeah, yeah, I could stand in the Gravitron. And then, like, one day when I was, like, I don't know, 
15 i like went on like a, that teacup ride where the whole yeah. ride spins and then yep, yep. you can spin the ride inside make you go faster and my uncle was whipping that joint like yeah. as fast as possible <laughs> and when i got off i threw up and ever since then i get motion sickness like i never had it before that really day. yeah like if i go to Dolby park like i can ride like two roller coasters and i feel like shit yeah oh, oh, that's a shame they took it uh, from me I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he took. I, yeah, you, you need to go fuck that uncle up. Now he's older. Yeah, he can't yeah. fight back. Yeah, you need to take. The, yeah, you need to knock some. You Remember, know. you made me dizzy. Yeah. Remember the teacup ninety nine, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Remember the merry go round, you mother. You know no. what it's like to throw up to Billy Idol's "Money Money." <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> Unless he just hits people right on the spot. Moan it, moan it. Throwing up on a pier in New Jersey of a Billy uh, Idol singing his heart out. Uh, man. So uh I uh so I'll tell you this. Now my that when we go down to the shore, I go to LBI and there's like this little this like area it's called fantasy island but it has like it's like a bunch of little rides for kids and like the carnival game gimmick and an arcade yeah. and stuff and it's nice and i'll take my daughter there and she just started riding some of the rides but she can only ride like the lit, real little kid ride so one of them like she loves the the merry-go-round you know because she loves like being on the horse and then there's another one where it's like you're uh you get in like a b and you go like up and down and up and down oh, and like yeah, around yeah. And i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Dude, there's been a couple of times where on that I'm like, this ride needs to fucking end now. <laughs> I'm like, this is not, no good for old Uncle Maddie, you know. But then, it's, but it's also because like the the rides are made for kids, but I have to ride yeah. the ride with her. So yeah. there's like one, I, there's this one video like they have a a kid size uh, Ferris wheel, right? And literally, like I'm the size of the cage that you're in, and she's <laughs> sitting on the other side, and you just see the cage like like tilted like my Matt has his legs on the out. floor, he's just standing up as it gets to yeah, the top and sitting back down. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's like I could barely fit through like the window. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. That's but yeah. 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 You see some of those fair rides now, and you look at them, you're like, I'm not get, I'm not getting on the swings here in Lower Gwynedd. Yeah. Fly <laughs> off those rusty chains. No. Oh, I was like, man. that guy's asleep. Who's operating this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that is the crazy thing is that I am putting my my life in the hands of like yeah. some teenager who's like does not want to be there. He's his whole diet is just funnel cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> funnel cake and root beer, and this is I was like. <laughs> Yeah, and they're controlling like a ten thousand pound machine that's whipping you know, I, people in a circle. I actually trust the teens that are on those rides more than the adults because I'm like, well, he's just trying to earn some money. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy been doing? And this is what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, like, you know, know it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, look, I'm getting my meth after this, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Like, that guy's like in between like binges. Like, I'm like, oh, hopefully he stays awake. Yeah, dude, fuck you, you ain't kidding. There's one ride there though that it's like. It's these cars that just go in a circle. They literally like do nothing. Let's see these little kid cars, but they have a horn on them, right? So if you go in there and you point out the horn, oh, if you're, I feel so bad for the kid that has to run that ride because the whole time the kids are like, you know, like going nuts. It's adorable once, but she like they're there. Imagine that for eight hours. Do you remember Dutch Wonderland? Uh, you go to Dutch Wonderland as no, kids. It was like no. as a real little kid, I did. It was a miniature like Donny Park. Like it was all really small rides yeah. for kids, but a whole yeah. park of it. Yeah, yeah. We used did to go you... there as children. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, explains why I don't so remember because it was like so long ago. I'm like, yeah, I remember that being like a little so kid though, like, yeah. in the stroller a little. Yeah, 
Yeah, nice. I'm excited. I've never been to like Disney World yet, so no. I'm excited to take my daughter there, hopefully. So, all right, let's keep it moving. So let's get into some job history. So I think we all had the pleasure of working at a young age, right? Yeah. Like, and in a real job, my first job, I was 12. You were 10, Justin and Pete, you were like in the womb because your parents owned a deli. So you were like in eighth grade, whatever age you are in eighth grade. So you're like 12. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or ninth yeah. grade. Yeah. I don't know. I, I remember I was at Pembroke when it when I started working. Yeah. So you're like 12 or 13 then. Yeah. When you started. yeah I was in like sixth grade, whatever it's what I think you're, t- how old are you in sixth grade? 10, 10 or 11. 11. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so I love this. So you would work at a bakery, but why would you have to work at the bakery, Justin? So the the bakery was only punishment. Like if you really act up, <laughs> my 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 neighbor. So I lived in a twin. The other half of the twin, uh, my neighbor, he owns the Hearth Bakery in Lansdale, and he would, as punishment, you'd be like, you you gotta go work with Fran if you keep acting up, which meant you had to be. So you know, every every once in a while in the summer, you act up, but you gotta go work with Fran. So. You have to be sitting. Well, I don't think you were actually supposed to sit on this car, but I would because I was an asshole kid. So fourth, <laughs> you had to be sitting on this car by four thirty, and then in the morning, would, in, in the, the morning, summer, in the summer. in the summer when you have all from school, you got to go oh. out. You got to sit on the green. He had a green Dodge Dart. You got to <laughs> sit on the Dart, <laughs> and it's like guy. if you weren't sitting on the like if because he would just leave. Like he wasn't like coming to knock on the door and be like, "Hey, it's Justin coming to work today." Because my yeah. mom would just be like, "You got to take him." You know, and <laughs> so like uh, he would leave. Like if you had to go back in the house and tell my mom, like I missed the ride to the bakery, that would be way worse. And ne- I never missed it. And I only yeah. had to go like the one summer she came up with this idea. And I think Fram was like, yeah. I'm not doing child labor anymore for you. But, so, <laughs> He's like, they come to ask questions. Yeah, I'm a kid. 4.30 in the morning, you got to go in a bakery. It's never been in a giant bakery. It's a giant oven. So it's 300 degrees in there all day. It's the summer. And uh, I worked with these two large women and they would, so like, if you complain, they'd be like, you're a bitch. Yeah. You're a pussy. Like they were very foul mouthed and lovely. I, I love them, but dearly, but like, they were just like, you couldn't be a bitch. Cause they'd be like, what's no. up needle dick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, are you sweaty? Like, yeah. I'm, do you want to go home? Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, wait till you get your first half flash and menopause, bitch. Like, oh, yeah. 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 No, they're, that's... Do I get paid? Yeah. You didn't get paid for that. Like, that, was, that was your either. punishment. That was it. Like <laughs> you got dropped back off at that, like, two o'clock oh that's fucking great i love that <laughs> that so, was the first job i ever went to that is that is great fucking oh they did pay you or they didn't pay you no they didn't pay you no that was your punishment <laughs> so then uh so that's a i'll tell you that is great fucking parenting shout out to your parents for that then after you worked at the bakery you were you worked as like a maintenance guy and like a landscape took care of like yeah. the the grounds at an office building so what was that like that place was cool. So we just took care of the grounds, like did the landscaping, but it was like big, it was empty. And then the, the last day, so we, I show up one day for work and it's some Eastern European people who work there. And I walk in the building and he goes, today is last day. And I go, huh? He goes, today is last day. You'll take anything you want. You want the vending machine? Take it. And I'm like, <laughs> so we took everything, the, all the desks, the desk chairs, like the computer room in my house, all that furnished by this place. <laughs> was this guy like putting in like an insurance claim? Like he was just like, "Here you go. I follow the insurance claim yeah, there, tomorrow. There you was take a today." Going on there that he was like, "Today is last day. You will take anything you want." <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. That's the best. So, awesome. like, nice. yeah. 
So, and like you were just doing like basic maintenance stuff there. Like, yeah, that was just basically like pulling bleeding. the weeds, like, yeah, just going around the maintaining the building. And then like we'd like get lunch and you could like eat inside. That's awesome. How'd you nice. get the job? It was uh, like through like a, a family member, like knew the guy who needed a property manager. And then that property manager was like, can you landscape here? And he was like, I know two <laughs> dumb kids who will do it for like $10 an hour. <laughs> Less than that, nice. probably. Now, yeah. we wish you made all right money there because it was always cash. Yeah, ten dollars an hour back then was. Oh, you're was living nice. in it, brother. Yeah, exactly. Living yeah, what was minimum wage it. back then? Five twenty-five. So yeah, Dude, you were uh, yeah. doing well. Yeah, yeah. Box dad paid us four seventy-five an hour when we worked yeah. for him, and he. My dad paid me five twenty-five an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So, all right, let's keep it going. So then, after you left there on last day. Right. You worked yeah. at a machine shop. So uh, so what is what was this like? It was an assembly line job. Right. So what was going on here? Yeah. So my, my father works at a machine shop in Fort Washington. My grandfather worked there. My father's worked there his whole life. And so like he did as a kid, like he, you know, my my grandfather would bring my father in in the summers and have him work there. And, you know, so my dad would do the same thing, like pick me up early in the morning. We'd work and then he just dropped me off on his way home. And then uh it was assembly, like not assembly line. It was single main assembly line. So I had two buckets. You take part A, you put it in the machine. You take part B, you put that in the machine. You press the lever. It makes one piece. And then you take the piece out and you put it in the bucket. You take part A, you put it in the machine. You take part B, you put it in the machine. You press the lever, take it out, you put it in the bucket. You that couldn't is, put A and B in at the same time? Like you couldn't mess it up. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? You, they're in two yeah. buckets. But yeah, you had to stick yeah. one in here, stick one in here, press the lever, connect them. And that's... That was the whole job, right? And then, um, how many hours? Did, like you're doing that, yeah, like eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like baby. the first time I ever tried coffee. Like I oh, also, baby. other than my dad and like two other white guys, it was all Vietnamese people. And like, <laughs> I don't know if you know the diets of Vietnamese people, but it's wild, yo. Like I've seen some wild shit being eaten in that lunch, and like like pigeon eggs, like. That like half embryo kind of egg where like the chickens kind of have to develop. I think it's a delicacy like, over there. Like, yeah, you, like be, they like look for that egg. Like, you're like, that's the lucky egg. Oh shit, this guy's eating today. Smelled crazy in there. You could smoke in that building back then. Like you could smoke at work. So <laughs> they'd, they'd be ripping cigs, yelling in Vietnamese. Making They're pitching wild, pennies against the wall in the back, gambling yeah. all sorts of weird shit. Oh, making wild smells coming out of the lunchroom. And then like the couple like other people who worked there, like they would just tell me, because my dad had worked there his whole life. And my dad at this point in time in his life turned around from the man he used to be. My dad was a, a different person. Now he was born again. He's religious. And so there's is he two, still that way? He is still now. Yeah. Good for him. But the man he used to be, I would get the stories about him from the people who used to work with him. Like, from the Vietnamese? No, nah, there was like one Vietnamese guy <laughs> and like a couple like white guys in the, like, the shipping building who were like, I know your old man. Like that was kind of stories. Like they'd yeah, see me yeah. outside. Like You should have like, seen your old back. man when he was your age. Yeah. yeah, like those kind of stories. Like he used to hide up there all day. Like <laughs> shit like that. It's funny. Yeah, that's where I banged Jenny McKee in the closet. The shoe job wasn't bad, yeah. Like you smelled ter- like you smelled like oil when you left. And like my dad would show me what he did and his shit like was very like 
number based like he ran the cnc machines which would like drill out and create like all kinds of shapes okay like the, customization put, kind of drill. yeah they did like bearings and small parts that you'd find like industrial equipment so his um, was like a legit skill that was his learned. job was cool like so i would work like half the day like he would have a work order i need 100 pieces for that yeah. small part thing i do so yeah. once i knocked out 100 i was kind of free to do whatever i wanted and it, normally that'd be like hanging right. with him and he would show me what he was doing I was like, hey, oh, stay cool. here in case somebody else orders another hundred of these things. Yeah, like it wasn't like it wasn't overly demanding. Right. Um, and I basically it was half because I was like, I don't know, 14, 15, and they didn't want me being home all summer doing nothing, you know. Right. Yep. They didn't want you home at all. Yeah, ever. exactly. Then it'd be up to something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was the same way. I was never freaking home as a kid. Hey. But it. then uh, <laughs> uh then I started working at Papa John after that, like 15, I started working at Papa John's because me and Romeo ah. worked there. And he got fired because he wasn't old enough. So so what you're referencing <laughs> is for the listeners of the show, which include Tom Hanks and Robert De Niro and Derek <laughs> Jeter, all fans of the show, listeners of the show, uh, from what Justin's referencing, he's referring a, uh, referencing a story that was told by Tommy Romeo on the Tommy Romeo episode, which you can find on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. And Tommy told a story of where he got a job. Justin had gotten him a job at Papa John's. And uh, when he was there, J- Tommy's working at there, working there and doing everything normal. And then one day, three months in, they fire him. And it's because they didn't read his application right. And he was, what, 15 or something? <laughs> we and both, yeah, we both applied. And I was, um, I'm made, we're both, uh, our birthdays are a day apart and a year. Yeah. So we both ah. applied. They probably looked at mine like, oh, he's 15. They're like, oh, he's 15. <laughs> and then the, like, this, the manager like came one day, like the guy who like runs the stores and was like, yeah, you know, like we need more people, but you can't hire anyone under 15 or something. And Tommy's like, I'm 14. He's like, you can't work here. <laughs> <laughs> so he ratted well, himself you're fired out. Then. <laughs> I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. And then so I worked, I got hired and fired by, I worked there, got fired, worked there, got fired, worked there, got fired. I got hired and fired by three different managers because it was within walking distance of my house. Why so would you was, get fired? Oh, uh, like the one time, I mean, for all kinds, just like no yeah. shows, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. something better yeah. happened. You're like, I'm not coming. Dodgeball tournament. Um, the one manager was cool, but just had like had enough of me. Like I just like yeah. But like the first time I first time I ever did cocaine was in that job. <laughs> the one manager, he was like a nerdy dude, yo. And I always like liked myself as somebody who could like, if you need something, I could find it for you. And I didn't yeah. never tried cocaine before, but he was like an older, dorky kind of kid who ran the store. How old was he? Uh, he was probably like. I don't know. Like, see, in my mind, like he was 30 to me, but he was probably yeah. like I was if I was 15, he might have been 19. You know, oh, yeah, but still 19 God. year old asking a 15 year old to get him. He was kind of like- dorky. He was a little heavy. You could, <laughs> so he had a he had a he had a bowl where you if you kept it in the freezer, it would like the water inside the bowl would get hard and you could smoke weed out of it. Yeah. So he had that. That's where I found out he was smoking. He did drugs because I like found it in the walk in one day, like the, yeah. the bag where you keep potting. Like I found it, started hitting it. I was like, oh, what's up, bull? Like, I know you do. And he was like, wow, do you know where to get any cocaine? And I was like, uh, I think so. So I <laughs> got it for him. And he was like, you want some? And I was like, I'd never done cocaine before, but I remember like those, it goes back to that story. And I remember the people in the machine shop telling me stories about how my old man used to do coke. 
I was like, well, my dad used to do it. Did you bite off the Vietnamese? Is that how you got it for this guy? No, no I, found it, I found it within the illustrious borough of North Wales. Right. And, uh, Which you can find anything, apparently. <laughs> I can find it. And um, yeah, I remember doing Coke at the pizza shop and being like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is normally safe for Endum Pub, not the pizza shop. <laughs> God, they, and I remember growing up and be like, who, who's letting children do cocaine in a pizza shop? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they fired me. Other other ch- other children yeah. are. He's still yeah. that guy's yeah, a child too. The one time Well, it's like and your parents made you work all this time because the thing is keeping you out of trouble and little did they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. work got me into more trouble than anything because that's where I would meet other people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're in trouble too. We, how could we be in trouble together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, every job I find one person who I'm like, "Oh, I mean this kid can't hang out." Yeah. And yeah. we immediately become best friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So you get hired and fired from Papa Jake's three times, right? And then uh, that job was that job was that job was you, fun. They can had. Can you um, talk about why you got fired the one time? Didn't you have a scam there, or do you not want to talk well, about that? We used to have a scheme where, so it, I would run the register. So if you came in and we're gonna pay cash, like I noticed you we're gonna pay cash, I would quick cancel your order and the system, and then take your take your money, give you the correct change, which then. You had to do off the top of your head because you no longer had the computer screen in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like if your pizza was 1278 and you handed me a 20 and I canceled the order, the till would still be correct. Yeah. And I could just give you your pizza and I could keep it. Which your, would be 722. Yeah. But like you'd be a little, I'd be a little stoned in there and I'd be like, yeah. uh, you get 1248 back, 78 back. <laughs> like I'd fuck it up for a second. <laughs> but yeah, that was my little, my little scheme. Man, nice. Hey, man, that's, that's awesome. what you got to do. So yeah, you walk out of an extra thirty-six bucks on Friday when you're fifteen. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you when you need to go buy some cocaine, that's the perfect way to do it. No, uh... wait. What do you mean now? A word from our sponsor. Are you someone who struggles picking a podcast to listen to because your time is extremely valuable? Yeah, how'd you know? Are you someone who says, "Damn, there's not enough hours in the day to pick just one"? Mm-hmm. Wait, what the fuck? Or are you someone who's interested in a podcast where they interview a wide range of people and find out how the hell they ended up in their profession? <laughs> it's like you read my mind. If I say yes too, can you help oh, me out? Oh shit, shit! On unrelated note, while we call the police, if you fuck. said yes to all those questions, then look no further and allow me to introduce you to the Working Perspectives Podcast, hosted by executive producer Matt Lavelle and accompanied by co-host yeah, Party Boy Pete McCormick. As mentioned, they interview a wide range of people and find out how in the purple and purple fuck they ended up in their no, professions, I which I think, in my opinion, light. as someone who previously dropped off from one man. place to another I until I found something I'm good at, this is something worth investing your time in. You will learn about jobs that you never knew existed. Feel the grind that some of these people felt before getting to where they are today. And just like me, it'll maybe help you find that motivation you're looking for to pursue in what it is you want to do. And also, they have great segments in the middle of the show, such as The Weekend Pop-In. Give it a shot. We and my two favorites, game. Memory Lane and What's Going Down in Gamertown, which Wait, is a segment I'm part of, so you should definitely look into it. No, so, that being said, after why, this why video, go out and listen out. to The Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find them because on I Apple Podcasts, up. Spotify, YouTube, Google well, Podcasts, do, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All business, links are in the, the link tree, which is in the description. And now, back to the episode. the movies and theaters, it's going to go onto the streaming services. So let's keep it moving then. So, um, all right. So then after you got done at Papa Janoski's, you went to Giant, right? 
Yeah, my one brother started working at Giant, and I had gotten fired from Papa John's for the last time. So I was like, I need a job because I had to. If you wanted you, a cell phone, you had yeah. to have a job in my yeah. family. Like nobody's looking for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and um, you and you did not like Giant, is that I, right? I was a cashier, and I hated it. Yeah, really. Every like review they would give me, they'd be like, "You need to smile and talk to the employee, like customers more." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like white white like." Before that job, like I was fine with most people in society and really didn't think like people yeah. were that bad. You know, white yeah. people are the fucking worst. <laughs> the worst. Like anytime I had black customers come through, they were cool. Like were you saying were like that white people are just a bunch of Karen's or like whiskey Dude, tangos? So many. So one time um I'm scanning the things and the lady's coupon doesn't work. And it's a oh. 10 off coupon for oh. like 309 spray. Yeah. And I'm like, it's already in the like I already bagged it, it's already in your cart. Like I don't want to get it out. Like I literally pull a dime out and slap it on the thing, like by the credit card reader. And she's like, where's like snacks? Like that's where's your manager. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, here's the dime. Like that's the dime you saved from the coupon. Here it is. Comes into my pocket. Yeah. She didn't like that. This other time I had this guy who's just being a <laughs> fucking jerk off. Yo. Yeah. I don't know how we got into it, yo, but it got into that. Like real happy. Like you have a good day, buddy. And yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah, you too. And I was like, thanks. I will. And he's like, you know what? Like, where's your manager? And I was like, uh, over there his name's dale he'd love to talk to you dale, yeah. <laughs> yo, this gentleman like this like went above and beyond like this gentleman like, yes yeah. and so that whole thing goes down i have this i have to retake 11th grade english because i didn't like my 11th grade english teacher and i knew i had enough credits because i so i would just retake it again 12th grade i like stopped going to the class like told my principal i was like i'm not going I hate her i'm not going so i'm retaking 11th grade english in 12th grade my english teacher's cool as shit she's in the beginning of uh dead poet society she's an extra right castle i fucking loved it to death and so one day i, I worked what was her name mrs castle she had red hair it was kind of short she was the shit yo i am uh she called me behind her desk she's like correcting me about some shit and i look at her photo and i go is that your husband and she goes yeah i go he's a fucking jerk off yeah she, <laughs> she goes do you work a giant and i go yep and she goes Get, she's like, she literally looks at me like, covers your mouth, like, get the fuck out of here. It's you, you're the fucking jerk off cashier. I was like, I, and I like, told her the whole story. I was like, he started, like, I was being, I was being fine. Like, and I gave her the whole story and she like, she just, she like died laughing. She was like, of course it's, of course you were that fucking kid. He came home. <laughs> Wait, so you pissed God, off her husband so much that he so came much. home and said like this fucking bastard yeah. at, at Dude, I don't even understand. Like, like I, I've never had a problem with a cashier. Like, so, you know, what did you even about, say? Like, like, I like, don't you just, remember they scan it and they just give them money. And then that's yeah. it. Like, what, I, like, they what, say, like usually they just say hi. And I'm like, you don't even have to say that kid. Just fucking, yeah. here we go. Yeah. And like, I was just kind of straight. I would get real. The one kid who worked in like the milk department had this big conversion van and always had weed and you could always get real high in the conversion van. So probably half the time I was just kind of really high and didn't want yeah. people to know I was high. So I wouldn't start being talkative because yeah. then you could be stoned and you start talking about dumb shit with people. And they're like, oh, you know, they put sharks in this. And they're like, so, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I felt all, yeah, like, all right, good no, for you. Maybe, I, maybe, yeah. maybe you seem disinterested in one of his like strange facts. And he was like, all right. This. Or I like hand him the receipt and he was like, thank you. And I was probably like, you're welcome. And like that just started it all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes that automatic response you can't control. You're like, right, like what do I you know. want? Like, you want a prize for coming through today? Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Out of the grocery store. Keep it moving. There's a line, Bob. Uh, the, my la the last, my favorite sort of that is I'm working the cashier. This lady's kid is at the end. We're like, where are you back? And he's standing in a triangle, very wide base. Yo, my young bull has the widest base. 
And I'm watching him and he goes, uh-oh. And I look at him and the mom looks at me like, uh-oh. And he starts reaching down into the cuff of his sweatpants. <laughs> and she goes, Jacob, no. And he straight pulls a turd out, yo, and puts it above his head. <laughs> like so proud of it, yo. He's like, look so at this bad. one, mom. <laughs> That's from all the fiber. This wide stance for a minute. We're all looking at him like, what's with the wide stance? And he just goes, uh-oh. And just starts digging it out. And I was like, yes, yes. Wait, wait, like, so he, so he dropped he dropped some heat. And then he goes to like the bottom of like his he ankle. And sweatpants. So he's got like. And we all know. So he knew he's, he's like, that, the sweatpants are going to catch this one, mom. Yeah. Like, I know what? it's a turd, but until I see the turd, I don't really know. It's, I'm like, uh-oh. I'm was like, the kid, like, <laughs> was he, like, making eye contact with you before he that? Was, just, like, watch me yeah, while I do he had, this. He was just standing. So, he was standing so wide. And, like, in the middle of the lane, too. Like, he was by, like, where you bag your ass. But I could see his whole body. Because he was three feet tall. He was far enough away that I could see all of them. I could see his shoes, y'all. I could still see the bulk on his shoes. Oh, God. And it was oh. solid, yo. He pulled out a rock, yo. How old was this kid? He had to be three, four. I don't know. He was oh, this big. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Good for him. So proud of it. Don't do that. it. Like, you should, like, well, she knew and that this mom, happened before. Like, the mom knew what it was. Like, Jacob, do not. And he was like, oh, watch this. He's like, you I'm took like, me to the grocery store. store on the wrong day, baby. You know this is what I do. Oh, man. I would love it if that was just, like, his move. Like, you know what, Mom? I wanted that toy, but now you're going to get my toy. <laughs> Justin, you you, your manager, is he the guy that, like, left his wife for the high school chick? He was real tall, and he had, like, a mustache. He was really tall, yo. Because, like, I'm, I was six foot at that point. Like, what yeah. is this? But you would remember the you would remember this if it was the, like there was a manager there. I don't know if he was the general manager or what, but like he like he started like he uh he left his wife and like started dating a chick that we went to high school with. She was in my grade, so she was a year above you, like some blonde chick. And he uh, left his wife. Well, no. So I, I oh. you know, I know about this from like so so like I like uh I don't know if you guys know Dave Rule, but like he worked at Giant like hey, in high school. Yo, yeah, he was the man. Yeah, Dave Rowley was like a nut, right? Dude, he's a that's a legendary nut right there. Buddy. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, one day we'll nut. get into Dave Rule stories. That kid was like was crazy, but he lived in my development. And like he like he was telling me, like, you know, like how like this chick that was riding our bus, you know, was dating this guy that was like the general manager of Giant. And then I worked at Giant uh the summer after my freshman year of college. So I remember I was working on, I think, with like like I worked at the deli back with like uh yeah. the was in seafood. And but, uh, Chris Werte so, was back there. and But wait, Justin, did you work at the Giant in North Wales? Yeah, the one in Montgomeryville, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, oh so you worked yeah. at the one by the Target, not the one yeah. by, not the one at Sumney Town and whatchamacallit. No, not that one, no. Okay. Yeah, he, so, he, sorry, you were there man. with like, like Brian Myers and Grimison and like all those guys were there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, randomly, they would throw food around at night. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like so. Then, like all of a sudden, like that summer, I'm like working there the one night at the deli, like closing it down, and I see that the, the manager walking hand in hand with that girl. And I'm like, holy shit, Dave was like not lying. He was telling the fucking truth. Like this is actually happened. This chick started dating this guy in high school. Then, like he left his wife for her as soon as she graduated. <laughs> oh my god, was she good looking? She was. Uh, she was good looking enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for like a you know forty year old, you know, like a yeah. That place, so so that job too. One last story about that place. So there Please. was 
I didn't make any friends. That, well, the kid who had the Converge Vans Code Lobby, like he was cool. We weren't like friends, but like I got weed off him and we hung out in his sure. van when we took break together. Sure. And then there was this old man there who was a butcher. And he was like, he looked like he used to be a biker years ago. I just called him Old Man John. And so I met this man when I'm 19. Uh, and I loved him. Like we just were simpatico. Like we get along right. together. Yeah. When you hit so, it off, you hit it off. Yeah, we just we just kindred spirits, right? So I'll get I'll get to this job later, but I'll tell you the story now. So like four jobs later, ten years later, I'm working at this warehouse in Norristown. I'm running the the third shift, and in walks old man John. Like he got hired the week before, and he just walks in, and I'm like, "The fuck are you doing here?" And he's like, "The fuck are you doing here?" And I'm like, he's like, I need a fucking job. Like, that's fucking, and I'm like, he's like, this is what you do now? Like, we haven't seen each other 10, 19 to like, yeah, like 26 probably. And uh, so we immediately hit it off again. Now I can drink and shit. So we started like, because he knew I was wild then. And so yeah. uh, we hadn't <laughs> he's seen each other. waiting for this time. Like, now I can uh, go free. Like I can fucking dude. party. We hung out like on like 29, like Gravel Pike, like that. He was like from that area. Like, I don't oh, know much about yeah. him, but like, he's like that kind of dude, right? Yeah man long hair like had a vest and shit rode a fucking badass bike and so he uh we're working there the first weekend comes up and he's like hey you uh you want to hang out with me tonight and i'm like yeah fuck you let's, let's do it right we go like the gravel pike in on 29 he comes with me he's like you want to uh you want to split a 200 gram of cocaine and i'm like what and he's like it's 200 dollars a gram and I'm like, that's a fucking, I mean, I don't know if you do. I, and again, this podcast is going to come off like I do coke a lot. I do not do cocaine very often. I swear <laughs> to God. Or, <laughs> or times... anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is... Drugs find me. I don't find drugs. And so I'm like, fuck yeah. Like $200 gram. Like, I know he's not going to like rob me. So I'm like, I'm in, right? Give him my hundred bucks. He goes and gets it. And we fucking, he dumps it onto a record, you know, like a big old vinyl record. And yeah. Like, oh, he's going like 70s style with it. He's like, here we go. Yeah. We yeah. start, and it looks like, it doesn't look that impressive, right? It's like a small line. He starts breaking up. It starts getting like bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where like, it almost like stretches to like the length of the vinyl. So I, I tried this. I'm thinking we got burnt. Like I can't feel, I don't feel anything. I think it's yeah. nothing. And then I start touching my forehead and I like, I can't feel anything <laughs> i remember i was like we did it we hung out we drank i woke up the next morning like felt perfectly fine like i felt good and i was like that's why like i'm like the shitty like if you get shitty cocaine you feel shitty if you do right. quality cocaine <laughs> you, i woke up and felt like perfectly fine oh boy. I was like, that was wild and was it like <laughs> did you like eventually you were like whoa baby yeah when right, it like, right. like yeah like at one point i was just like holy shit like i'm very very high but like <laughs> all of that it's just crazy like from that job a giant like i because i only worked there for like six months maybe a year yeah. and i met that old man butcher guy and then like <laughs> you know just got i so the the giant job i think i got in trouble for no showing and no calling to that dodgeball tournament and they fired me the next time i came in so i never <laughs> knew what happened to him and then 10 years later we run into each other again yeah look at that <laughs> looks like it was meant to be so okay so let's keep it moving so after you left giant you got a job at atlas cold storage and you were yeah. there for like four years so you what i want to know what was your shift what were you doing there how did you like it like this is prime partying age like you turned yeah, 21 so while you're working yeah. here you would party at my house and then go to work here i remember yeah. that like so yeah because i got the i got the job so i'm nine i'm like 19 just about 20 and i uh i'm the only people who work there are 40 years old 
like I'm the youngest kid by far. There's like one kid I end up making friends with, and like I'm still I'm the godfather of his firstborn child. Oh shit! Nice. But, um, yeah, wow. that's my boy. But so I start working there, and it's two it's two o'clock to eleven o'clock. It's second shift. Two p.m. to eleven yeah. p.m. Okay. So you get to work at eleven p.m. And, and you start at two. Are, yeah, and you start at two p.m. So mo- a couple of my friends are down at Temple. I got some other friends who are you know, still in the area, just hang out all night. So you get done at 11. I drive down to Matt's house in Manning. I drive down to Temple, stay up all night, party, <laughs> go to bed, yeah. wake up, get back to Hatfield by 2 o'clock, and yeah. operate a forklift all day. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Didn't you have a unique me. way of sobering up, too? So, uh, so the job was, so it's a cold storage facility. So the dock where you load the trucks up is 32 degrees. The freezer is negative 20. Jeez. You're operating forklifts to the stand-up boys, and you got to go get pallets from inside the freezer, bring them out to the dock to get loaded onto a truck, or vice versa. Things are getting dropped off from a truck and have to get put away in the freezer, you know? And uh, so you're in and out, so that, like, 32 to negative 20, 32 to negative 20 creates, like, condensation and, like, snow up around the rafters by the doors and shit, which I'll get to in a second. So you got to lift your forks up and the racks go up 48 feet, which I, when I first started working there, I was deathly afraid of heights. Like I didn't like yeah. going on roller coasters that much. Yeah. If you dump a pallet up in the 48 foot rack, you got to go climb up there and stack it back up. And when you're training, like there's, there are two deep pallets. So you got to stick the forks in the pallet a little bit, pick it up, slide it, put it down, put the forks all the way in, pick it up and then drive away. And then that sliding technique, sometimes they tip over, Ice and it's oh. usually it's so so we did like uh Ben and Jerry's, Briar's ice cream, um, tombstone pizza, hot pockets. Did you do crustables too? Yeah, we did crustables for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so you would have you'd have a, a mess up there 48 feet up, and like the first time I had to do it, I'm all scared. I got the vest on clicking into the safety rack and stacking it all scared. By the end of it, like if I dumped a pallet, I want to get out of the freezer, it's cold. Like I would the the air conditioners are up there. And I smoked cigarettes at the time, but once you get up that high enough, the air, air conditioners are huge for negative 20. So you could light a cigarette up there. No one would ever know. So I dump <laughs> a pallet, stick a cigarette in my mouth, climb up the shaft of my forklift and then climb into the rack, restack it up, put my cigarette out, hide it in one of the racks and then climb back down. Like <laughs> the job was the shit that we used to do. It was crazy. Um, you could tie like we had these big sheets of cardboard to layer on top of the pallet. So ice cream's not directly on the wood. It's on the cardboard. Okay. Yeah. Take the sheet of cardboard, which is huge. You sit on it, tie it to the other person's forklift, and they would just start whipping down the aisles. <laughs> you fly behind them, dude. That's oh. the best. Yeah. Like, also, how did this shift work though? Because like they can't keep you in thirty-two degrees for eight hours at a so time. Just like any job, like if you work in an office job, they tell you like, oh, you're supposed to get up every ten. It will t- you know, you're supposed to get up once an hour for ten minutes and walk around, so your back feels better. And the same thing at this job, they'd be like, hey, you know, you should only stay in the freezer for 15 minute periods and then come out and take a break. But all of your bonuses were percentage based. So like if you hit this tier of production, you got this percentage raise. So like in four years, I went from like $13 to $22, like very quickly. Nice. So like you would just have to figure out the math. Like it was there's they had a computer system now and you probably can't cheat it. But back then it it would just be like, you know, you have to do 15 pallets an hour, but if you would get, you'd have to put the pallets in the freezer. If you would get close spots, you could put 15 pallets away in 15 minutes. If you got far away spots, it could take you an hour to put away 15 pallets. So I like 
knew that, you know, which shit would go where and, and pick my shit. And I'd be done my work in 30 minutes and I could fuck around for 30 minutes. And then I'd work for 30 minutes and fuck around for 30 minutes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I uh, remember, uh, there was, a uh, you know, there, someone else worked there with you that, uh, was, uh, supposed to be a guest on this show and big timed us. So we're not going to mention their name, but we'll just mention <laughs> that their mom is smoking hot. And, uh, he worked at this place with you. And I remember him telling me, he was like, I see Justin like fuck around all the time and do his stuff, but he's always done at the right time, right? Like he always hit his fucking numbers, you know? And he's like, but I see him like, he's like eating ice cream with a lid and like doing all this, you know what I mean? So, so. so and the, the racks were like monkey bars. Like I got real good at like, like I could, I, so for a period of time, I was convinced that I could, so there was levels. There were eight foot levels, A, B, C, D. Um, and it would equal out to, what's that? Uh, 32, 32 feet. feet. Sometimes had E-Rex. So yeah, it'd be 48 feet at the highest. Right. And uh, I was doing the math. I'm like, I could jump from D into C, like safely. Because it was like 16 feet for the aisle. And I'm like, and then if you add like the bonus, like I could jump 12 <laughs> running. Oh. Like, I was bored of shit. Man. I used to hang up on, under upside down under the racks. We would get high in there. So some of the racks were real deep. You could fit five pallets into a rack. So you could drive your forklift into the rack. You could walk by the aisle. You would see no forklifts because they're in the rack, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So there's one kid who I used to smoke with at work. He's older. He'd be like, meet me in a five deep. Meaning, like, find me in a five deep rack where you can hide our lifts and we'll fucking smoke weed and operate heavy equipment all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of like that job then. Like, you're driving if, forklifts, you're messing around. Like, if it yeah, wasn't if, so cold, right? If that job was moving Cheez-Its around instead of ice cream, I would have never stopped working. I mean, it wasn't my choice to leave, but I would have never stopped working. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't running- quit. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm saying we're running into a theme here. It would seem. Why did you leave this job? Also, you wanted to mention something about the condensation on the doors. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that build up, right? So the the racks are real high. So you have to lift your forks up to get to the 48 foot rack. You stay on the ground. The forks go up, and it takes like you know 15 seconds for the forks to get up that high. And okay. in that moment, your forklift can't move. You can't move around. When your forks are moving, the forklift's locked. So sometimes you would pick racks by the doors where all the snow is built up on these I-beams okay. and thick layers of snow, big mounds would build up from that moisture, just all the doors opening all the time. Yeah. So you would take a Ben and Jerry's pint and you, you could put a good spiral on a Ben and Jerry's pint. And when somebody's <laughs> stuck there by the door and their forks are going up and they can't move, you turn a corner, throw a Ben and Jerry's pint up. All you got to do is hit one of the I-beams. It'll ding and it'll ring and drop all the snow from the ivies <laughs> onto the person and you're helpless. like it happened to me like it, you're helpless in that moment because you can't move your forks anymore all you can do is either run away from your forklift or you and like you have like stickers and pens and extra gloves and hand warmers on your lift and shit like i have my shit laid out and just snow covers the whole ground you everything <laughs> oh it would be oh. that that was like a good prank to do and they also we did um we did wait, wait. Out of there. so like you would just hear like a ping and be like yeah. oh no well i would come around the corner and be like you and they'd see you like no 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 and you just throw it up there. <laughs> it's too late like if you run it gets mad slippery like i seen oh. some people some people would try to run but if the snow came down like that hard concrete and that real frozen snow would be yep, so yep. slippery oh you're done you're and done then, uh, we also shipped stuff with dry ice and anytime anybody brought in a two liter you would fill it up with a little bit of water put some dry ice in there screw the cap on and just roll it down an aisle 
Whoa. <laughs> really? How Have loud was that? that? No. Dude, so one kid, so we were doing it all the time. And we started bringing in temps, which meant that the company started bringing in a little temps. more of an African-American crowd. And I loved every single one of them. Like Flip okay. was my boy, Smacks, Stacks and Smoke were all like really good fucking kids. Best and names ever. Them, yeah, like Stacks was gigantic and would, wouldn't hurt a butterfly. Like the nicest man you've ever met in your life, but could crush you, your skull with his bare hands. Sounds like someone I know. <laughs> and uh, so Fred would, Fred, I showed Fred this trick like with a, with a 20 ounce, like, Oh, you put a couple of things of dry ice in a little bit of warm water from the, the coffee machine, screw the cap on and it bubbles up and explodes. And it sounds loud. And he's like, what if I brought in one of those three liter eight treat bottles? And I was like, I think it would explode very loudly. So he brings <laughs> it into work the one day. What you just sneak it in like under your jacket or something? Well, it's in the lunchroom, you know. So then All you right. just you walk out to the dock. You have so much clothes on you, you can sneak anything in because you got layers on layers. This is negative twenty. You're in like yeah. fisherman outfit, basically. Yeah, like the long johns and a coat. Wait, wait. It's negative twenty where you're driving the forklift, but then there's a place where it's thirty-two degrees. Yeah, the dock. So the dock, like where you see okay. like all the roll-up doors and tractor trailers back up to, there's yeah. like a big, big size dock inside that's thirty-two degrees. Okay. And then inside the freezer doors, there's these big giant doors that forklifts could drive through. And it's huge. It's the biggest cold storage facility in North America, or second oh, biggest now. Uh, but at the time, it was the biggest. And oh, it's, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, you could fit basketball courts upon basketball courts inside of just one of the three freezers we were stocking. Oh, wow. I mean, this, it was huge. Like you could drive in there for 10 minutes, like going on a forklift. And, oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, but so you could get away with doing stuff in the far back corner like this. What was going to sound like a shotgun blast would be like from the office. You'd be like, what was that? Yeah. We took that big a tree bottle, dumped a bunch of dry ice and water and threw it. And we waited and it like didn't go off. And then Fred like started walking to I'm like, don't like fireworks. I'm like, don't walk to it. Like it will eventually go off. There's yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. building inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> so we both like backward for it was, it was, I mean, I had it. It was so loud because it's indoors and inside the freezer. It was so loud. And then we got more creative. We started sticking them inside of the ice cream and then putting like the lid back on the ice cream and let them <laughs> blow up. In like an ice cream tub. Yeah. So we would have the, we would also ship to the, the 31 Baskin Robbins store, those okay. five gallon drums. Yeah. And yeah. if they would get messed up, we would throw them away. We had like a throwaway bin. And like, oh, like if like a pallet broke and like, yeah, like, like cause they can't sliced, sell that. Yeah. yeah. Something sliced like the cardboard or even the packaging. Sometimes you couldn't sell it. So then like some stuff they'd let us take home other stuff, like once a year, twice a year, this guy who owned a pig farm would come and pick up our like fuck up pile of all the ice cream. We couldn't sell. He would give it to the pigs. <laughs> but so the day before you'd start stocking it up. So some of that stuff would get kind of warm. And that's when we would start sticking those exploding bottles inside the ice cream and like, boom, like blowing it up. And it'd be like all upside the wall. And like our bosses were like military men. All of them were like all former, like my shift, especially was both two former Marines, one, a former fighter pilot, the other a Marine. Oh shit. And the fighter pilot dude did not fuck around. He looked crazy. And I loved <laughs> fucking with him, but he was nuts. Yeah. And the other bull kind of like he's just a hard ass. And like he would come outside and like see the ice cream all over the wall. And he's like, it would like blow his mind so much that like he wouldn't even know what to say. He'd just be like, what are, you, what are you doing out here? But like, we're moving the ice cream for the, the, the pig farmer. Like, what's the problem here? Yeah. I don't know how that got there. Like, yeah. what do we think we're blowing ice cream up out of here? Yeah, the pig blew it up. What do you want? <laughs> oh, man. It's like, yeah, that reminded awesome. me when I was in Nam. Yeah. So. Um, 
And well, yeah, like you were saying, for when you're, we would have a blast freezer for Hatfield needs. So they would bring like the, the fresh cut ribs that need to get frozen. So inside the negative 20 degree freezer, there was this 12 foot fan, a huge fan. And they would tarp a couple of the racks. So it'd make like an encased closure for the fan. And inside of that area with the fan on, it would get to between like negative 40 and negative 60. Jesus. And when I was like real hungover, because I'd be like 21, 22, still working there, coming like so hungover, feel like death. I would walk in there with just like my snow pants on, but nothing up top, like maybe a sweatshirt and just get in that blast freezer and you would stand there all hungover and it would just oh, like, man. it would make you, it would sober you up in five seconds. Dude, it feels so good just hearing you describe that. Like, oh my. Yeah. And it was so powerful. Like the force of wind, like it'd be hard to breathe because like the, the, the force is coming at you so strong. You'd be like, <gasps> and like that should be in. the commercial for a glacier blast, like Gatorades. Like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just negative yeah. 40 degree wind hitting you and just make you feel alive again. Oh, sounds incredible. <laughs> Sounds incredible. So, okay. So let's keep it moving then. Nice. So, oh, why did you have to leave that place? Oh, and so uh, <laughs> they have a, uh, they have a point system. And if you, you know, if you're late, you get a half a point. Um, late like a one, point deduction. Yeah. Like you could get four points in your fire. So if you're late once to half a point, if you're one minute late, it's like still getting dressed and not on the dock at 6am or six. Cause I was working first shift when I got fired um you're late and late was one minute or three three hours and 59 minutes so like i was the dickhead who like well if i'm one minute late i'll see you at 10 a.m because i'm not gonna (laughs) gonna be as equally late like i'll see you in three hours and 59 minutes but anyway i had i'm at three uh you know three and a half points and the uh 08 phillies win the world series oh Oh, man and i don't wake up for work the next morning oh man (laughs) Dude, I, I remember on that. my floor. So I, my car was in the shop. I was getting picked up by a kid who lived like on the way to work. And my alarm was going off when I, this is when I woke up on my floor by my front door. I slept by the front door on purpose so that I knew bull would wake me up. But my alarm was going off. My dog was barking. He said he knocked on my door, but I was just asked out. I woke yeah, up at like much. nine o'clock. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I remember for me, I was bouncing at the field house the night the Phillies won the World Series in 08, and it was like madness. Where were you, Pete? Uh, so for, so there, I had the first game, uh, the first half of the game, because there was the rain out. Yeah. I actually, there was this shitty little bar called Rum Bar that like wasn't ready for the Phillies at all because it was next to uh, Irish Pub. So I was trying to get an Irish Pub. And Irish pub was too booked. We, they wouldn't let us in. So then I'm like, we got to go somewhere. So this bar next door, we go in and people were like, had like their little, you know, nice little plates. And I'm like, I give the bartender a 20 to put on the Phillies game. And everyone in that place fucking hated me because the bartender full. So then all of a sudden more people start piling in yeah. and sitting on people that are trying to like eat their dinner. Yeah. yeah and then, yeah. uh, but for the actual, for the second half, I was at village tavern, you know, I just did a good, oh, old, yeah, uh... yeah. The good old VT. Nice. Dude, I remember I was when I was bouncing the field house, I was working the door, right? And they had a maximum capacity that could be in. So I was on the inside and I would be like, I was like checking IDs and things like that and like collecting the money and then would let them through. And then I had a guy on the outside who was like watching the door, like watching people as they came in. And he like, and we were at capacity and we weren't letting people in. And there's this two people that showed up and the guy in the door knocked he was like he would give me a signal he would knock like as like these guys are willing to pay and the guy like the guy the couple was like he was like come on can we come in and i was like sorry man we're at capacity and then he put a 20 on the door and i just went 
and he was <laughs> <laughs> and he put two 20s on the door and i was like you got to pay me and the guy outside you know so we ended up paying 80 dollars, 40 to the guy outside and 40 to me <laughs> and we let them in yeah and then we ended up throwing out like a couple people but that was an easy loop i'll tell you i made some that was like a nice cash loop i'll tell you oh yeah so nice all right so let's keep it going uh all right so after you left working there right after the phillies won the world series you left the cold storage place and you went to gary's world of wellness so yeah gary's world of wellness tell us about j-dub so i get fired the day the phillies uh win the world series or the day after the Phillies win the World Series. I have an apartment. I have a girlfriend. I have a dog. Like, I'm not in a position to be fired. So I immediately, like, <laughs> get on Craigslist. I have a job by month. I have an interview uh, on Monday, and I'm probably hired by Tuesday. Oh, nice. And I, nice. Work, I find it on Craigslist randomly, and I start working at this warehouse in Narstown. And it's basically – outside of Narstown. It's basically um, like a GNC, like uh, protein powders and herbal supplements. Right, right. Natural remedy stuff all like Amazon style. So like it gets picked in a cart. Each bin is a, a somebody's package. The yeah. cart gets taken to the packing station. You take the package out, you pack it up and then you ship it out via the mail. Um, yeah. I work in the warehouse. It's a terrible job. It's like the first job I find everyone there is like so dumb. So like I move up very quickly and um, <laughs> nice. I meet some cool characters there. Like there's a couple like kids I liked. There's a kid I still hang out with today who I met there. The old man, John, ended up working there. Oh. Um, and uh, my one buddy, he, he since passed away, but he was a beautiful soul. And uh, he, so he loved stealing stuff from that place. And I didn't know. <laughs> and so he was, so he's, he was a big he had one truth love and it was theft. He was, yeah. uh, he was like Spanish in descent, but like he looked very Caucasian. Like you never know, like blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. but very Spanish, like heritage, Spanish family. I met all his family. I met his wife and his kids. And um, he was gigantic, yo. Like he yeah. had the um, from dust till dawn tattoo, like up to his neck, down Jesus. his shoulders, and he was. So he started taking the supplements and stuff from this place, and was getting like huskier too. Oh. And I'm living in uh, I'm I'm living in Norristown. This job's outside of Norristown, and my yeah. my girlfriend at the time was from New Jersey, very like well-to-do parents, weren't a big fan of us living in Norristown. <laughs> and uh, he's it's me and him in the car which rarely ever happened. Yeah. And I pulled to the corner and my boy is out there shirtless in front of the Sunoco on the corner. And he goes, and they called me Jay wet back then. And he goes, Jay wet. You trying to get busky with me? And he's shirtless. <laughs> just flexing. Why? I don't is know. It... He's just out there, you know, just getting it. Just wants to get, you want to get busky with me? I can just, I don't know what he's doing. And my girlfriend's dad like looks over at me like, you know him i was like <laughs> he's been in our home <laughs> <laughs> wait wait so you were so just to be clear you worked with this dude right but you and your girl you're living in norristown which for those people not in the philadelphia area not there's parts of norristown not the best areas and uh, the area the street we picked was a terrible one <laughs> so <laughs> somebody but, got stabbed on my block i'm sorry keep going oh man so oh no, yeah don't be sorry somebody so, got shot two weeks after i moved out so <laughs> wow so uh so you're living there with your girl and your girl is from you know like mcmansion area new jersey and her well-to-do parents are showing up in like you know khakis and loafers and they're driving their beamer and you go to get gas at a gas station 
and one of your buddies that you work with that has Who's been to your house. To be the head of the uh, Latin Kings. Yeah. And <laughs> he's got a huge tattoo, big, strong dude that was hopped up on all these supplements. He's hanging out on the corner by the gas station and he yells, Jay Wet, you want to get busky? Not husky, busky. You want to get busky with me? Yeah. And the dad's just like, well, this relationship's over. <laughs> I don't know what kind of people you're hanging out with. So uh, then fast forward, I start working third shift. And um, so third shift sucks, but like my manager's cool. So like they divide the warehouse and the packaging. So like I run the warehouse, he runs all the packagers. They got to pack boxes. I got to make sure yeah. we're pulling stuff for them. Okay. And I'm making sure the stuff gets inventoried in. So I scan it, say how many are in the system. That's all I do all night, pretty much. You okay. open the boxes, I say how many are here. Yeah. And we go pull it and they pack it. So the packing manager, he's cool. Every uh, like 10 o'clock break, because it's 8, 8 a.m. Or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and it's, uh, yeah, it's, hours? it's oh, 10 no, hours. It's 10 hours. It's 10 hour sorry. shifts because you work you're like right. four days. You do four tens instead of having to do oh, five days. But you're, but you're running on fucking vampire time. Yeah. It's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then you're done Thursday morning until Sunday night. It was a nightmare. Oh. It was the worst time of my life. Like oh. and the, the things I was up to. But so yeah. <laughs> he always rolls a blunt and smokes it on break with everybody. Everybody keeps it cool. It's not like a big deal. I'll go into a story some other day about how I got arrested one night while I was smoking weed at work. But and so <laughs> I would walk out and he would smoke his own late at night, like at like 2 a.m. He'd smoke his own L. And I'd usually get in on it because like we're both managers. But he also liked to smoke wet a lot. And so anytime he would be smoking wet, he'd be like, nah, you don't want this. Like I would, he'd be on the other side of this wall out back. And I'd be like, you, and he'd be like, nah, you don't want it. And I'd be like, all right, go yeah. back inside. And one night, like 3 a.m. I'm bored. I'm like mad at work. I walk out back. I'm like, you, he's like, nah, you don't want it. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, dude, let me try wet. I never tried wet. <laughs> Smokey. I go around <laughs> the back to where the dumpsters are. And he's like, he's like, it's not even mixed. It's just pure wet and a blunt. I was like, oof. I was like, ah, well, we're, we came this far. Let me try. <laughs> I didn't One walk hit. out here for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Two hits. He's like, all right, that's good. I speak one more, hand it to him. I'm like, all right, that tastes crazy. It tastes like incense. Like, it tastes crazy. And I walk back inside the warehouse, like four steps back down into the warehouse. And I feel like I weigh like 65 pounds. <laughs> like, I just feel light and loose. How long and did I, it last for? It's like a cult. Like I just, I remember like being in a zone. I just like did my job for like three more hours. And then I was like, it's 6am. Okay. I have to go home now. Like, this is crazy. He woke yeah. up. He's on this podcast right now. He's like, anyway, <laughs> they're, like, they're like, okay, time to go. And I'm like, I have no idea if I've done my whole job perfectly or I've done everything wrong for the last three hours. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of in like the, the Leonardo DiCaprio phase in Wolf of Wall Street. Where he thinks he's yeah. driving the car perfectly, but in reality, he's, you know, sloshed up everywhere. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, that's, I mean, yikes. So, okay. So that shit, you were there for a couple of years, right? Three years. Yeah. And then uh, after that, you went to where you're at now, but in a different role. So you started where you're at now as a driver for medical equipment. Is that right? Yeah, like delivering. So I was working that third shift job. I was miserable. And yeah. then my buddy who Dude, that's a rough company, like 
People don't yeah. know that's fucking rough. When you work that late shift gimmick, that is fucking rough, right? I was living in a house with two of my roommates, and my one buddy worked first, my other buddy worked second, and I worked oh. third. So literally, <laughs> like I would see one in the morning, and then one at the end of the night, and one in the like we all would see each other at a different time, and it was crazy. Uh, yeah. And then on the weekend, like everybody's up, and you work third shift, so you're up all night. Yeah. Dude, it told, um, dude, those late night shifts that really like it also it, people don't realize how much it messes with you mentally as well. Like, you get done you, work at 6 a.m. You need to see the sunshine, man. Like you can't yeah. be sleeping during the day. Like you need that <laughs> shit. It fucks with you big time. You know, yeah, like, it's terrible. I, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Not it's a, a fan. rough lifestyle, especially yeah. even second shift. Like it promoted to like you get done work at 11 o'clock. Like the only thing that's open is a bar and one. Right. Yeah. Dollars. Like you're yeah. like, wow, wow. Yeah, and Wawa. Like you're living that off. That might be I more dangerous off, than the bar, <laughs> dude. I remember living off Wawa for years just because, like, I'm bartending and you don't get done till like you know the earliest is midnight sometimes, or sometimes you know like at Grams it's like three, four a.m. sometimes, you know. And it's just like, what can you do? You know, go to a diner. Yeah, dude. But even then, it's like, who wants to go to a diner on a Wednesday night after you just close the bar? Like, not me. You know. <laughs> But like, so, all right. So either way, you leave the the night shift job and you start driving the medical equipment. So like, what were your responsibilities and what was this like? Uh, so it's a, a big old box. So they give me a big old box truck. All right. I, there we go. So I'm the newest employee. So it's a smaller sure. company. Now it's a big company. But when I first started, it was small. So one guy had the local route, you know, like Lansdale, some a uh, little bit of Telford some days, Hatfield. Yeah. Yeah. I had the Kensington route. Love it. Um, oh, great. there we go, baby. And Greatest I, place on earth, some would say. I, I like, you know, I like I ventured to North Philly when I was a child to buy like 40s and stuff. I would take the R5 to Fern Rock, walk up yeah, the Broad Street, yeah. go to my place tavern. They were 99 cent Dakota Kicks, and then bring them back to North <laughs> Wales like a king with my yeah. my uh, accomplishments. Yeah. So like I had a little bit of like the city's grimy, but it's fine. The city is grimy. Yo. Yeah. And I started driving it, so I was a Kensington driver. I had the big Azuzu, the flat front oh, steering wheel was like baby. right in between your lap. Yeah. And I'd never driven one of these before. Like they just, you know, you pass a test and they, they let you drive. Like you don't need a CDL or anything like that. Right. It's the, yeah. it's the, the class below. They're like, all right, that's where we can hire anybody. Yeah. I'm coming down this tiny street and I, I'm looking. So everybody's parked on the right. I'm looking on the right very digitally. <laughs> so I don't hit any mirrors, but on yeah. the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the left side of me, is a tree that comes up and like bends over the top of the truck, but I don't notice that the truck's not going to clear only on that side of the street. Oh my god! So I'm driving the, I'm going so slow, and the truck like stops going and kind of pushes backwards. I'm like, that's weird. I don't think that's even a thing in cars, but okay. <laughs> I like get out. I look like, am I hitting like a root like in the ground that like made me roll back like that? I'm like, All right. yeah. Nope, nothing down on this tire. Nothing. On, I didn't hit the cars. I'm cool. I get back in. I try again. I hear like a little. I'm like, what am I hitting? Bull comes out of his house. Like, yo, look up. I'm hitting a tree, and it's like crumpling the corner of um, your of your like of this the box tr truck. The yeah. tree's not given. Your your truck is. Given. Oh yeah, this is a big uh. tree. But nobody's worried about the tree. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, yeah. And this is like, I've been there for like, I don't know, two, three weeks. Like I haven't been there that, that long. And I know that if you cause like a certain, uh, I don't get into that. But so uh, I haven't been there that long. I, I see like it's cracked. Like I go on the inside, it's cracked. I'm like, all right, well, I got to bring the truck back to the shop. So it's five o'clock. Like 
I'm driving down 76. I'm doing like, you know, 55 in a right lane. Nothing crazy. I noticed like no one's behind me. And I'm like, that's weird, right? Like it's five o'clock rush hour. Like yeah. all the people in front of me, nobody to my right or to my left. Nobody really piled up behind me. That's odd. Hmm. Pull up back to the shop, get out, open the back door. The whole ceiling of the truck has been just chipping off and flying off as I was driving down 77. <laughs> oh, no. It was fiberglass and it cracked. I didn't oh. know. So those chunks, the reason no one was behind me the whole time on 76 is because, and I, the other thing too is as I'm driving there, I noticed the cops leaving our development of where my workshop is. Yeah. Think nothing of it and they don't like pull me over or nothing. And when I pull in, I guess somebody must have called and been like, one of your trucks is literally the roof is flying off as it's <laughs> driving down 76. <laughs> oh, one of those, yeah, call and tell me how my driving is. Like this one <laughs> the phone. I was like, yeah. I was like, ooh, my bad. Yeah. But yeah. then I started working in the office. Now I do um sales liaison work inside the hospital. So like if you're gonna discharge with a CPAP or oxygen or a wheelchair, I make sure the paperwork that comes out of the hospital, your insurance that qualifies with your insurance to actually pay for the equipment. All right. Nice. So I mean, this is city bills. Well, this is no, this is, well, yeah, you're, Hey, you ain't wrong there, Pete, but this is fascinating. So this is the type of stuff I love. So I, I, this is something I'm super curious about. So whenever you have to leave the hospital after staying there, they have to take you out on a wheelchair. Isn't that, isn't that like a rule? They roll you to the front so that, you know, it's like, the reason you don't let a, a player play in the NBA when he's about to get traded. You just don't want anything to happen. Before <laughs> oh. this guy, I don't want you tripping in the hallway and staying yep. another day. We'll get you out of the hospital safely. Yeah. Got to it's protect that like, uh, medical malpractice insurance. Yeah. So it's like a CYA of, you know, like this is, hey, we, we wheeled you to the door and made sure you were good. Once you step out, it's on you now, bub. Right? Yeah. Like You left the hospital healthy. We yeah. guarantee it. We rolled <laughs> yeah. you to the front door. We have because video evidence. Thing. Some patients will be like, I work in the, you know, I work in a city hospital. So some patients will be like, I'll be like, where are you discharging to? And they'll be like, outside. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah like outside the hospital, obviously. But like, where? They go, no, no, I'm just going to walk out of here. And that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> oh and you're God. like, right. like yeah. where's, what's your address? Uh, not the hospital. I'm like, how do you get mail? <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know the letter. bridge that you drove over to get here? I'm underneath there, bub. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely, yeah. How do you get, so how do I contact you? <laughs> That's the one big thing about like hospitals. Like, you know, you have this idea of like hospitals, like these are all trained professionals. These are all like highly educated people. This is a well-run place. And then the first time I started working, I started working in hospitals first. And the first time I walked in there, I was like, Oh, these people, there's, this is just like any other job. There's a bunch of dumb people who work here. Like, <laughs> if you just put on a button up shirt and a backpack, you can go anywhere you want in a hospital. I mean, <laughs> for safety reasons, don't, but just so yeah. you know, if you put on a button up shirt, you can go anywhere you want in a hospital. Oh man. That was like back one of the day when I used to go into bars and I would just walk through the kitchen and pretend like I, I worked there. I was like large enough where people were like, oh, I guess he's like the manager or something. Like yeah, he's a new bouncer now. Yeah. It's surprised how many people won't ask you questions if you just yeah. look like you're supposed to be there. Yeah, and act yeah. like it. <laughs> and like you're polite and like, hey, how are you? Oh, this yeah, I mean, way? in all these cases, I was supposed to be there, but still, I was just like, I'm surprised not more people are stopping me. Yeah. 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 You think there'd be a higher level here? of security. 
And then there's some, and you can tell there's some, the doctors who like, don't care and like, don't know anything. Like I've had doctors ask me like, what do you, what should it be? And I'm like, what, what should the, the settings be? I don't, yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> Why did you ask me? You're the scientist. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you go to school for 20 years? Like what the hell is this? Also, he's this like, well, is, what? he's like, yeah. The one guy's like, so what are they like? Usually I'm like, usually, I don't know. For this human being. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the specifications for this person. Look, we got a typical human being over there. We need typical settings. What are the typical? Yeah. Ones? yeah. Damn. I don't that... know. Yeah, we won't name this hospital by name, even though we already did. But uh, yeah, we won't name this hospital by name. But uh, just know every hospital you go to, they're not all geniuses. Yeah, not every, you, there is the dumb person at work at every work. <laughs> there's a dumb person and then there's the crazy person. And if you don't know who the crazy person is at your office, it's you. Like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Dane Cook had like a great shtick about that, like having like a crazy person at the office. He's like, you know what? That person, that crazy person at the office every day or something, I say hi. And maybe once in a while, I buy him a Snickers. Like, here, that's for you. So when that he does come and shoot up the office, he's going to be like, you know what? Thanks for that Snickers. And let me <laughs> Yeah, all right, Snickers, man. You get to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's keep it going. So we're coming to the top of time. Uh, Justin, very fascinated with what you've done and the work you've done. And really proud of you to see your journey, where you come from and like where you're at now, because you, uh, you know, you started driving at this med- at the medical equipment place at like 27, 28. Right. Yeah. So you've been there for like seven or eight years almost. Uh, I've and been there for just about I've been there for 10 years. 10 years. Oh, shit. OK, so you've been there for 10 years. Right. And you've really had quite the journey here of like you started at driving there. You worked in the office and like. You bounced around in ten. Some people for Matt, like he five, went from Coke at Papa John's to wet at uh at, cold storage yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went from the Coke at Papa John's to the wet warehouse to now he's the sales liaison for a medical place. And like you know, we you know he's running and he's helping people out and like you know helping people get the medical treatment they need and stuff. I'm very proud of you, man. This is a tough tough road that you walked down. We didn't get into it like. Is- you yeah, know. that is the one part about working. Like, it is depressing working in a hospital. You do. Yeah, when I people do, can't afford the equipment yeah. or they don't have yeah. insurance. Most, yeah. Most people see me on their worst day. Like, I walk right, in the yeah. room and today's the last day you breathe air alone, unassisted. Oh, oh. man. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Hi. <laughs> so, I had one kid. I'll just real quick. But one no, of my favorite stories, there was one kid who was in the hospital for like three months yeah. and he was finally going to get discharged. He Wait, just a kid? Yeah, he was 20. Oh. He might have been 21 because he was oh, younger okay. than me when I was there. Okay. 22. Like, he was cool. All right. Um, but he had been in the hospital for three months. I was showing up right as he's about to leave to deliver him a nebulizer to his room. And it's um, like, especially people with like weakened immune systems, they're like double door, like locked in, usually like in the back corner, like long stays yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Not a lot of like walking by. So I go to drop it off. The kid has a PlayStation in his room. He's been trapped in here for months. I'm like, what, what games do you have? I'm in this hospital every day. I'm like, what games do you have? He's like, I got 2K. I got the, the new hockey. And I got, I'm like, do you have another controller? He's like, yeah. He's like, nobody in here will play with it. So the next week I spent every day in this kid's room playing NHL. Like it would have been like NHL, like 19 with him, maybe 18 with him. Yeah. It was so much fun though. And like, he's like, I can just tell like, he's been trapped in a room alone for like three months. You like finally have like visitors. Yeah. And like, I'm like, there's a PlayStation inside this hospital. And I didn't know for all these months. <laughs> yeah. so what so, happened when he got discharged 
I mean, I never, I, mean, I didn't talk to him after that. I had All one right. when I was a driver. I'll tell you this last one. So when I was a driver, I used to drop off tanks. Uh, they were very heavy tanks. So this guy was on the lung uh, patient list. His yep. name was, uh, I would call him Thomas. And uh, so <laughs> he was on the third floor of like, he lived like in the, kind of not too far from the state prison, like in that Mayfair state road kind of yep, area. Yep. Okay. And uh, Doors I down. Lug, I, so each tank was 10 pounds, like 12 pounds full. And I'd have to lug him up these damn stairs, drop him up every week. His wife was like so nice. He was the man. He would tell me all these like stories. Because when I was a driver, especially being in like the Kensington area, like most of the people I dealt with were the worst. And then yeah. like this guy was cool. And he would tell me like stories about his old life. And like, I loved him to death. And uh, I even as much as I hated to stop, like how heavy the, the crap was, like I yeah. didn't care. I got shit chat with him. So I show up one day and uh he's not there and it's just the wife and i'm like uh where's where's the little man tom and he's like he uh she like starts to like buckle and she's like he he passed away and i was like oh, oh shit. he was on the lung transplant list at this one hospital and uh he also applied to another hospital so he passed away on a saturday and his wife got home and she plays the voicemails and he died at like i don't know midnight on saturday night at like 1.38 a.m. randomly, Temple, oh, another shit. hospital, had a lung for him. Jesus oh. Christ. And we like Man. sat there. Like she like, like I just started crying. Like I was like, oh, oh. I no. didn't know what to say. And we like yeah. sat there together for a while and shit. Because I had to like take everything yeah. that time. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Oh, that's tough. He's like, you be good. And I was like, you be good too. Yo. I like, yeah. I was like, and I told her, I was like, like for the most part, like I hate like pretty much, like most of the people I pipe, drop off oxygen equipment to like, I don't care if they live or die. I honestly, like, some of them smoke. Like, I don't care. Yeah, at yeah. All. But, like, right. this dude was the man. Uh, She's like, thank you. That means a lot to me. That's a bummer. Hey, man. Yeah. yeah. You run into diff- people. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice when you meet someone you like. But a lot of the times, it's a shame that people are jerks and, you know, uh, yeah. abusing yeah, yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And somebody tried to steal my gloves one time. <laughs> I had like those workmen those like workmen gloves yeah, yeah. The cool ones y'all i like yeah. bought them at the store 20 dollars Workmen yeah. pay for them yeah he's like let me get those gloves i was like i will die i was with another driver at the time i was like i will die for these gloves and like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, i'm just saying you know you're not getting these off of me yeah yeah so nice okay so justin thanks so much for sharing your stories and everything like that we're coming yeah, to the top great. of time great stuff and i know me and Pete are usually uh, we're usually in sync with this, but we would love to have you back and be willing to come back on the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much else to do. You know? Great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, well, fun. I like you guys. No, dude, we like having you too, man. This is great, and I think we we all have a good chemistry here. But uh, you know, great stories, great shares, man. This is awesome stuff, and we're coming at the top of time. Before we get out of here, Justin J Dub, end uh, favorite son. Do you have anything you would like to say to your adoring fans before we get out of here? That's what I tell most people. Just be good and behave yourself. Like <laughs> nice. No, no, like not it. a chance. Yeah. I like saying that. I say it because I deal mostly with older people, too. Like, I always say yeah. that to them, and they always, like, get a kick out of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah behave yourself. Don't be acting up. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You little whippersnapper, you. Yeah, that's funny. You're doing anything crazy, all right? Just relax. Yeah. I know you're very high strung. (laughs) Nice. What about you, Party Boy Pete? Anything you want to say to your avid, rabid fan base before we get out of here? No, uh, just uh, be nice to your oxygen delivery, man. He's uh, saving your life out there. (laughs) Get the good stories. Stop bitching at him. Stop smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't waste that good air. He's bringing you the good air. (laughs) 
So, uh, all right. So this has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by the Prince of Party, Party Boy Pete McCormick. And our guest today was the one and only Justin Richardson. You can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, then do us a favor and email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, this is the end of the show. Uh, stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See you. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.